Nah, he likes it in the asshole. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's an ass man. And then he shoved a cross up my ass. Take that, God! Oh no, tie me to the bed, officer. What? So, what? Let's do it, let's go. I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead. I'm sorry. I'm so excited. So, he's in the bed. Really hard. I mean, a rat is a great pocket pussy. We're not going to keep murdering people, so we're going to murder you. Welcome to People Time Podcast. Hey, we're your hosts. Uh, you don't know our names because we always give Hi. fake names each time. But if this is your Hello. first time listening, Hi. we do influential figures in history. That way you can learn about big events through the perspectives of these people and obviously their lives. That's, that's the main the, point. That's the idea. That's what we do here. We are dumb. and We don't want to be dumb. So we learn. History seems like a good place to start because at least I don't have the brains for math. Math's too hard. So uh, we do it through biographies because it's you know, it seems to work out. Yeah, yeah, it's good. You learn quite a few things. One time I learned about uh, 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 Marie Antoinette. Oh yeah, how, on this very program, how dumb she is. Yeah, that yeah, was well, a fun episode. Stupid bitch. <laughs> you know, I don't like that. This is the truth of the French. Um, don't. It's not the truth. It's your opinion. Well. It's it's based on the facts presented in the show. We had Trump as a president. Someone could say the exact same thing about America and all oh. the horrible stuff. No, they would they does. would be correct. Yeah, that's fine. I think everybody I'm not, sucks. I'm not saying anything overly bad about the French. All of our French topics. <laughs> it sounds like you were about to. Actually, we did uh, George Cuvier, oh. the first paleontologist. Nothing wrong with that guy. Yeah, he was nice. There you go. Yeah, he kicked ass, and uh, I even like. Uh, we did De Gaulle. De Gaulle, who was a f- silly fuck, and everybody we do is kind of a silly fuck. Yeah, but he's, he's a very important man. He's got moral gray areas or even yeah. negative areas, but eh. let's call it good-natured ribbing on my part to the French. Like, ha, you frogs. <laughs> Help us in World War Three, please. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, thanks for helping us in, you know. In our all, revolutionary war all that stuff all yeah. the important shit with the goddamn british well who are you today what's your uh, name wilford brimleaf what's that i got diet wheatus <laughs> diet wheatus what wheatus yeah i'm selling diet wheatus what's wheatus yeah i'm selling some green but it's diet i'm not following oh you I know i you suck know wilford brimley the guy wilford... says diabetes Diabetes. Diabetes. I can't say it. Yeah, diabetes. That's the joke. My my name is Wilfred Brimleaf, and I sell diet weedus. Because it's weed? Yeah, it's weed, but for people with uh, cholesterol problems. Diet. I don't know. Okay. I got diet weedus. So it doesn't give you the munchies is the idea? Oh, it still does. That's actually a really big problem we have. We haven't haven't figured the whole thing. Our weed has less calories than other people's weed. All I'm saying is... If you're worried about your weight and you still want to blaze, diet weedus. But it also sounds like the disease of diabetes, which is bad. So you're giving out diabetes. Well, I don't know if there's any correlation. I, I'm thinking too much into this. I can clearly tell. Weed and diabetes. I don't know. I feel like I need to be high to be um, able to uh, just go along I with I might it. have written this name down pretty stone and thought, this is gold. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. Right that somebody quickly. That's the problem. Diet Wheatus. That's the problem with weed is you think you have this profound thing. You're like, I gotta write this down. And you write it down, and then you go to bed, and when you wake up, you're like, socks go on feet. Yeah, no, they do. Yeah. Why well, did I think this no, was so that's, important? That's funny. Um, I think. And then uh, when you get high again, funny? you go back and read. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, dude. 
Yeah, no, I... Your feet. <laughs> your feet have the things and the socks. That's <laughs> where they go. Why does it do it? What is? <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Diet oh. weed is... <laughs> yeah, weed is really stupid. And fun. Yeah. What's your name? I am inappropriately honest Thomas. Hey, Tom. Hi. You have been very appropriate about my product. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just trying. calling you right out. I mean, that's fine. Our, we are prepared for scrutiny, the brand. Good. It's weed that's diet. Sounds stupid. Nobody said it wasn't stupid. <laughs> oh. But uh, you can pretty much sell anything in this dumb fuck country. Cool. I mean, Donald Trump had a college? What is that? Yeah. Jesus. He got sued for that. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, that's like, that's a step below ITT Tech. And those, those certifications don't count anymore. ITT I think it's even a step below that. I wouldn't be ashamed if I, like, I wouldn't tell anybody I went to that college if I did. Yeah. I wouldn't even admit to it. There, I wouldn't be like, well, I went to ITT Tech and I got these credits, but they're worthless. But I, I got some knowledge out of it. I wouldn't even say that about Trump. I'd be like, I don't know who went there. That sounds stupid. There are some people in Alabama who have that certificate framed. <laughs> I'm sure. Definitely. And sounds about right, too. Hey, man, you know what? I hope they die. And then they get a, <laughs> their sisters get to stare at it while they fuck them. Take that, Alabama! Oh, he's so educated. At me, bitch. He's so educated. My brother, husband. Yeah, I'm. A, yeah, we're a little bit on one today, so sorry. Hopefully, we won't go off topic too much, but uh, be prepared. We're both a little worked up about different things, but you know, yeah, whatever. We've both been on the internet too long today. It's too easy. <laughs> All right. Well, it's too easy. Uh, well, today's episode is going to be exclusively about critical race theory and why you are an idiot. <laughs> Perfect, dear listener. Great. I'm going to scream at you for the next two yeah, hours. Fucking idiot! <laughs> yeah. No, let's we'll move past that. All right. Well, I've got a fun fact before we get started with your episode. Great. Always great. All right. This is I, I like this fun fact. This one made me laugh pretty Pun- good. Punch us with some fun facts. All right. So during World War One, Germany was like, you know what? Uh, I think it would be a good idea to create a spy ship to look like a British ship. Like a merchant ship or like a military ship? It's to be a, a merchant cruiser, but a, a very well-armed merchant cruiser. I guess they're in a war. Yeah, you got to have some guns on a merchant ship. Right. Good call. All right. So Germany painted, they, they took a ship that was a, a well-armed ship, and they the size of it, they were looking at British ships. And like This is about the size of this specific British ship. Uh, the British ship was called the uh, RMR Carmania. Okay. And the... So they're like, this is a great idea. We'll send out our spy ship amongst the other British ships, and they won't know. I mean... And then we can attack from the inside or whatever. Kind of. So this is like a known ship. Yeah. And they're just like, we'll mimic it and get away with this. Yeah. That sounds like a Germans. So the first voyage it went out on, like, the second day yeah. while I was out there, yeah, guess what the uh, German spy ship ran into? The real The real Carmania. <laughs> The actual British ship that they were doing. So, of course, the Carmania, the real one, saw the ship and was like, huh. Is that us? Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely got to be a spy ship, right? That's us, but it's full of fat Bavarians. And so, of course, I... They're I, all full of cream. Hey! <laughs> I can only imagine they sent out a message being like, <clears throat> uh, radio to Carmania. Um, mm. Yeah, so what are you... Uh, you guys are an actual British ship? And, of course, the Germans are like... Yes, we we are the British ship. Yes, yes, we have the accent. Uh, so uh, hail the queen. Yeah, we, uh, or king? Who's in charge? We're just drinking tea over here. Ha ha ha. 
actually, we can't answer you right now. It's tea time. <laughs> and, the, and so the real Carmani was like, yeah, it's a fucking fake-ass ship, obviously. So sink it! And they did. They fired upon it and blew the shit out so of it. So they even had more armaments than the fake ship who weren't prepared to run into its echo. Yeah, they did fight back and forth. The Still. real British ship seemed to be more heavily armed. Because, again, they, the, the German ship was just trying to kind of mimic it as best as it could. But I think the actual British ship was a little bit bigger and more well-armed. What a weird, desperate scheme. So, yeah, the the real British ship took some hits. But, yeah, they sunk the uh, German fake spy ship. You know, it's it's odd to think that, like... That's not great. <laughs> well, like, it's, what it's the, ridiculous. What are the chances? Like, you go out in a ship, and the first British ship you run into is the one that you're trying Make to pretend sure. to be... The one you're trying to mimic is, like, running a route in Africa. Like, way the fuck away from you. Right? Yeah. You dumbasses. Yeah. God. I mean, it, when you think about, like, World War One, especially, it's such a sobering thing that happened. Yeah. It's just awful. Yeah. And all the German higher guys um, seem like the most serious motherfuckers you can think of. Who was like, let's get a fake ship. Like, that seems like an American idea. Yeah. To throw some banana shit, like when, like uh, uh, at the Bay of uh, Calais, like right across the bay, where they had the the fake army that Patton was in charge of. Right. That's an American idea. Yeah. It's a stupid, ridiculous <laughs> cartoon that sometimes pays <laughs> off. Out. Yeah. It doesn't sound German to me. Yeah. Good for. Oh, I'm, it obviously didn't work. So they no. I, I they don't have enough cartoons over there. I can only imagine what the conversation was on the actual British ship where they're like, what's that ship over there? Do you see that? And someone guy with binoculars is like, it's the Carmania. We're the Carmania. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, but that's what it says on their ship. Turn your binoculars around, idiot. You're looking at yourself. Oh, yeah, no. No, no, they're right. That's says it's the Carmania. That's us. Hey, Captain, what ship is this? Oh. Mm. It's like when you're driving in your car and you see someone driving the exact same like model and color of your car, and you look over and you're like that's me, huh? Huh? What am I doing over there? <laughs> yeah. Why am I cutting people off? <laughs> I'm a dick. Stop it! <laughs> I do some yeah. Like sometimes I'll see the same make and model that I used to have, yeah. and think that's my car, but then I think oh no, I sold it. But though that's also not my car, and then I go in a whole spiral. What if it is? Fuck. And I want to get it back because I love my cars. Yeah. They're all dead now. Yeah. Just like all the German war efforts. <laughs> well, <laughs> didn't seem to work out <laughs> for them. Well, who are we learning about today? Uh, the Marquis de Sade. Um, Got a lot of requests for him. I know nothing. Yeah. I mean, here's a, it, this seems like this nothing is like one, one of those people that I guess certain people know about. I don't know if it's our undereducation or if it's maybe just not like a well-known American thing. Probably. probably. I mean, both those things seem to be the same. Well, here's yeah. the weird... You know, like when the universe synchronizes in a weird way sometimes and it feels meaningful, but it's it's not. The, the universe is random and sometimes... Sure. So I was doing the research for the Marquis de Sade and also when I was bored reading the uh, Steve Martin's memoir, uh -huh. which is great because he's Steve Martin. Of course. And he just randomly in there talked about a night when a show bombed, and as he was leaving the stage, he felt so collapsed. Um, he just colloquially was like, it felt like the show was organized by the Marquis de Sade. And I was like, so that's like a, he's like a known guy. It seems to be. Well, to give you the idea, Sade um, is the derivation of the word sadism. Oh, okay. Or sadist. Wait, so it comes from him? Sadism is is because of him? 
Yeah, at least the word. So it existed beforehand, but it became came I mean, coined? being sexually violent existed, but as psychology started to become a science, he is so associated with that behavior that his name is associated with it okay. medically. So he kind of defined it and put it into like an actual, like, this is what sadism is? Uh, he didn't do it. It was a psychologist later after he died. But oh, okay. His name is associated with is he a, causing pain. Is he a psychologist? No, he's what? just he's a fucking jackass. Wait, what year? I don't frame even want to be here. <laughs> uh, so we should say this has been requested to us several times. Yeah. In different ways, like we've gotten direct messages. Uh, we've had like reviews on Apple where people give us five stars, which thank you, and then requested this. So obviously we're gonna do it. I don't. I don't. Well, I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you already. I mean, you've already uh, done the research. Now, obviously, so. we're here. Did you not want to do it before the research or after? And you're like, oh, somewhere in the middle. Okay. And I was like, uh, why? This is a. Uh, it's gonna be a fun topic, I think. I think there's gonna be a lot of. I feel like. And I, I think that's the idea. Is that the people requesting it uh, understand our tone, and they, they. We're like wieners and stuff. <laughs> wieners and violence. That is pretty much what our show <laughs> is. Yeah, usually not mixed together like mash those wieners together not too hard they're just mashing it (laughs) um i should say it's spelled s-a-d-e and if uh if you're like me and you were confused it is pronounced sod okay not sade okay i wasn't gonna i can't pronounce english words very well so i wasn't i probably would have pronounced the wrong one but i wouldn't have gone with sade i guess this is just another i have to harp on uh the uh our our uh, disparate tastes in music oh yeah Sade is pretty famous to certain people uh, so my linkage there is uh Sade's most famous song is uh uh this is no ordinary love this is no ordinary love it's a fan she's great uh but the sod uh the marquee also participated in very un Normal love. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, that's a nice connection there. It all comes around. Segwayed. Nice. Okay. So wait, what time frame are we talking about? I don't even know when this guy lived. We are June 2nd of 1740. 1740. Okay, much earlier than I was going to... Way back. And we are in France, as I... As you were saying. Ripping on earlier. Uh, and as I... You know, there are great French people. Yeah. Um, Joan of Arc, untouchable. Yeah, see? I spent a lot of time with the Marquis, and I don't feel that way anymore. He <laughs> <laughs> just ruined it all, huh? He fucking ruined it. So he's born... <clears throat> I, I mean, I'm going to mess up the pronunciation a lot. Uh, it doesn't bother me. Uh, Donation Alphonse Francois is his name. Francois. We could call him uh, Donation, I believe is how it's pronounced. He goes by the Marquis a lot, or Desaad. Okay. I'll work on that. But he was born... Uh, so Marquis... In France, is a nobility. It's a royal, sub royal position, like a duke, okay, or an earl. I was about to ask. Marquis sounds like that's a word. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like a title. Um, so your family owns a bunch of land, and they have peasants, and the peasants pay you tax, and you pay tax to the king, so that you're like in with the king. You're a royal. You're a noble. Nice. So he's born as a noble into the house of Marquis de Sade. Uh, he's born in Paris in one of their numerous... Paris. In Paris, with one of their very numerous, um, outlandishly uh, opulent... You know, they call it apartment, but... I mean, it's... it's Wealthy? 
It's going to be an estate, yeah. They rich. They have very, very many uh, estates. So yeah. he's he's rich. He's very well. His family is right. Yeah, because uh, I, I don't know if we've mentioned it yet. The marquee is a ti- is a title of nobility. Right. Right. So his dad, at least, owns a bunch of lands. Peasants work the lands, pay him taxes. He pays the king, so he's important. Okay. Um. So his dad is technically. When he's born, the Marquis de Sade, and he's just Donation, the spoiled rich kid. Nice. Which, um, I don't know. His upbringing, we don't know a ton about, but it might explain some of his later behavior. Okay. Potentially. As a very noble family uh, of having many properties and servants, he didn't really have a real normal life. And his father didn't really give a shit about him. Um, he... Yeah. He had a lot of mistresses. Just fuck the peasants, boy. I don't care. Whatever, son. Mm. Someday you will be the Marquis and you can anal everybody. Mm. But today, I'm going to anal everybody while you're not near me. <laughs> Which is pretty much what happened. His dad, who was a diplomat in the French court, um, just left. Like, he didn't abandon the family. He just stopped interacting. <laughs> like, so he... <laughs> That's a really nice way of putting it. Like... Did your dad leave? No, he didn't leave. He just, <laughs> he just he just stopped kind of hanging out and talking to us. He just wasn't at the house talking to us <laughs> he was ever he, again. Hmm, I don't know. I'm sure he's he, he's around. He cares. Around. Is that what you're asking? He cares about me. <laughs> he did send me a birthday card. He didn't sign it, but he's he's somebody somebody sent it <laughs> with his name on it. His mom. I mean, so his mother. Um, uh, and father, they tried to have kids several times, and you know it's the 1700s. He, uh, Donations is the only one that uh, lives, so he's the only child. And oh, rich and only child. Yeah, it's not a good combination. He gets all the crumble. Uh, is crumble French? Sounds French. Crumble. I would I would bet on it, or Italian, one of those creme brulee. Definitely yeah. French. Sounds sounds French. Yeah. Anybody who says creme. Yeah. Gross. Thanks for all your help in the Revolutionary War, by the way. <laughs> Again. Um, yeah, so Dad, basically, like, he doesn't leave his wife. He just kind of, like I said, he just sort of just takes off and just doesn't interact with him. He just has mistresses, you know, he does As his you own do. thing. As you do. Right. When you can. And in response, Mom joined a monastery. Oh. She went to be a nun. Okay. So, um... Desaad is just, like, raised by servants and an uncle who is uh, a, a monk. I don't, I don't like that already. I can see where the sadism comes in. Uh, yeah, those guys. Monk uh, uncle? Huh. Munkle is what they're called. <laughs> right. Naturally. Yeah. He's raised by his munkle and several servants. And, you know, his servants, from what I could tell, like, didn't super give a shit how, how he's raised. Like, they beat him when he's annoying. Or give him whatever he wants when he's annoying. Just shut up. You're not my fucking kid and your parents aren't around. Yeah, they don't care. Your dad didn't... He left, all right? You can keep telling everybody that he just... He did it. He just is around and not hanging out, but he He said, left. we're going to go to the trains and the book of the baseball. Yeah. So wait, so is he still rich when his dad leaves? Is he still... I mean, yeah. Like, he has... He's, he's the only kid in a, in a noble household, so yeah. he gets whatever he wants all the time or beaten all the time. Maybe both at the same time. That's how the two things are like, here, have some 
sugary bread and then also i hit you with it don't you like both of these things at the same time love it bite it and i smack you with it this does sound like some s&m role play (laughs) yeah he gets whatever he wants and he gets beaten and that's what happened he was getting beaten while eating like a fruitcake and then his some wires crossed and he's like trying to ask questions he's like why am i growing hair under my armpits why do i have a boner and they like punch him like shut up because you're an idiot and you're disgusting have some sweet bread Okay. I still have a boner. Yeah, rub the bread on it, and then I'm going to smack you. <laughs> okay. When's my dad coming back? Any Shut day up. now. Any day now, you little shit. So, uh, like rich kids, you know, he shuffled around uh, different schools. He went to a Jesuit college, which are known for their uh, corporal punishments, and military school, which is known for its corporal punishments. Huh. Uh, and again, no parents, so I don't know. Violence is the uh, it's the way to do things for everything. Uh, yeah, like this is a lot of obviously foreboding, but I think as his childhood didn't sound nice. Yeah, not bad. Like he had everything he needed. Fear God, do what I tell you. Kill people. That's yeah. Isn't that the French anthem? No. Pretty sure that's their national anthem. Fear God, kill people. I don't know what you have against the French. Eat cheese. I don't either. I don't know why I have these feelings. <laughs> well, it had been taught. I am, I am, uh, uh, like violently opposed to racism unless it's against a white person. And then I'm like, yeah, they suck. They deserve it, probably. Fuck you, French, German, <laughs> yeah, American. I... You're all gross. <laughs> Your skin's weird. I'm, I'm not against the French, although I'm not really against anybody. I know. I do have to say though, there is something about cowboys that I don't like. White cowboys. They are generally off-putting in their arrogance. Like hey, they, hey, they look you, clownish. If you're working, thinking they look awesome, and everyone else is like, "You look like a jackass." Where's your herd of cows, I was motherfucker? Say, if you're working the farm, cool, get it. Sure. If you're at the bar wearing a cowboy hat, and you've never been on the farm or anything like that, take the hat off. What? You fucking whitey. It's ridiculous. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, I wear hats for things that I like. And I don't know if that's the same. I just don't like cowboy hats or cowboy boots or their weird-ass jeans, their giant buckles, and their shirts that are buttoned down, tucked into that, and they've got belly. And it's just like, dude, pick anything <laughs> else to wear that will look better. Like this? Like, just for your own sake. This you combination ridiculous. is bad. <laughs> this is a bad combination of fashion. <laughs> don't, don't put a shoelace around your neck, you fucking idiot. Wear yeah, a tie that? if you're going to wear a tie. Bolo tie. What the fuck is that? It was a poor person. Just wear a tie. Who was like, I gotta look nice. I don't have anything to wear a tie for. Oh, look, a shoelace. Shoelace and a, and a buckle. Yeah, this look good. I'm gonna go to funerals in this and shit. And all the other cowboys were like, fuck, do you see what Tom did? That looks and awesome. Don't get me wrong. I'm poor too, but I'm not wearing a shoelace as a tie, so. Well, you're not getting my ass in a tie, period. So, <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> Bolo or not. Bow ties. I do like bow ties. I like the 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 faux fanciness of them. Unfortunately, bow ties I think only look really good on like dogs and like kids. That's true. They're once, not. Once it, you're over thirty, it feels weird on an adult. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Unless to go it's topic. the type that spins. <laughs> then, yeah. Then you're hilarious. That's, yeah, it's humor. That's just hilarious. <laughs> so uh, squirts water. That's double humor. <laughs> yeah. So stupid. Um. So yeah, not a lot is known about his early years. Uh, other than 
His parents left him. He's very spoiled. He went to military school. And by the time he's in his 20s... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just realizing that I like, I like clowns more than I like cowboys. <laughs> I don't think that's unfair, yeah, actually. Clowns have an established career. Cowboys are just assholes who live in a trailer who wish they had a herd of cows. Yeah. And they don't. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You were saying... How many cows are there even left? We killed them all. Yeah. Anyway... Um, yeah, but the next time history uh, catches back up with uh, our Sir Desaad, he is a colonel, which it should be said, hmm. colonel is a high ranking, it is, but it's mostly because he's from a noble family and, and educated in the high... So he gets it's up the ranks, he's, started out. Yeah, it's not that he's a great soldier, it's that there's preferential treatment for that. Right. Yeah. I think we saw the same thing even with, like, Churchill. Exactly, yeah. 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 And uh, so he's a colonel in the Seven Years' War. And he fights under a guy named the Marquis de Poyans, uh Regiment of Foot, which is just the old French way of saying cavalry. Wow. Okay. And there's not a lot known, unfortunately, that was recorded about his times in the Seven Years' War. Uh, the Seven Years' War is pretty important in history for what happens next, but... It I... wasn't actually seven years, right? For, well, for one, it wasn't even seven years, no, but it was basically uh, World War pre-12. Nice. Like, when you think about what caused World War One and Two, it was all these intermixing treaties and, and right. like, um, old axes to grind. The Seven Years' War is the exact same thing, where all of Europe was like, well, I'm aligned with him, and he's aligned with him, and then right. I don't like your cousin. It's just really gross, and, yeah, it leads to World War One eventually. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there, there's not much record about his time there other than he, I don't think that he fought in the war, like, he was one of those guys in a tent in the back lines. But there is an anecdote that he shot a cannon through a church roof <laughs> and destroyed it. Um, Fuck God! Which is a big thing for him. It's actually unsure if he killed the church on purpose or if he was just a jackass, but that's the first real-world evidence we have of this <laughs> asshole who's destroying a and church. That church, is the rest of that church still standing? No, nah, it's just, he just broke it. Oh. And they all, the whole city died. Oh. Yeah, because they didn't have anywhere to worship. Who were they fighting in the Seven Year War? Everybody. <laughs> like, I know the Seven Year War is mostly uh, France versus England, and then all their ties again, which I believe is like parts of future Germany split up, and then Russia, and I think Spain is the big ally of the English. The only thing I know is that it ends with the French in a resounding loss, which. In, in an echo to how Hitler was inspired to create World War II because of feeling embarrassed by World War One, right? Uh, Napoleon tries to take over Europe out of some sense of embarrassment of the French losing the Seven Years' War. Oh. I think Napoleon might be Hitler uh, reincarnated. They're just very sick little disgusting people who can't take a slight, even if it's for your country losing a war. <laughs> Get Decades ago or a hundred years ago or whatever, yeah. You little fuck. But yeah, I know like most of uh, the American territory was owned by the French and they seceded it or sent or gave it anyway to the English when they lost the war. So they were not hmm. stoked about that. That's all I know about So that's, that's his time in the military. And did he leave the military after this or what's going on? Yeah. After the war, uh, he <laughs> just went to Paris. So there's not much to say. So he basically shows up, hangs out for a while, blows a hole in a church and then... It's like, all right, I've done my job. Yeah, and then the war ends, and he's like, I feel accomplished, but I feel like a real soldier. I done did it. What a weird... And the whole time, the rest of the people around him are like, no, 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 don't shoot, don't shoot the children. Oh, okay. 
All right. I mean, God, all you had to do was... It was the last day of the war. We're going to give you one chance to do something because you haven't done shit here. Hmm. And, okay, I guess that's... Just go home. Can we Can we burn a church? <laughs> like, we already got the letter that the war's over. I know, I know, but... <laughs> I hate churches. Let me fire just one cannon at it. Come on, just one. And they let him, just like his old servants. Just <laughs> let him do whatever the fuck he felt like. And then they hit him afterwards. And then they, yeah, they beat him Yeah, for destroying a church. Sure. He's such a jackass. Um, Yeah, the war ends in uh, 1763. He goes to Paris and hangs around. He kind of gets uh, the... Uh, uh, the title, I guess, of like a ladies' man, a little mm. bit. A lot of ladies. So he's good looking, and he's definitely charming. Charming. Yeah, he's he's a nobleman, so it's kind of I think easy to, uh, you know, the way rich people affect people now. Humans are all kind of the same. They want to be near the sense of money, the smell of it. Right. Um, but that quickly turned from like regular ladies' man to more like always oh, at a brothel. So he's a slut. He just, He's a bit slutty. He just can't fuck enough. Hmm. Seems to be the case. He's un. He's un. I don't know. The, he's insatiable for sure. But I'm looking for a, a cheekier way to say addicted it. Addicted to sex. He's addicted to to give him the dick to holes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because that's another thing about him that comes up is uh, <clears throat> doesn't seem that like he has a problem with vaginal sex. He prefers the other holes. Oh, just any other holes? Nah, he likes it in the asshole. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's an ass man. He's an ass man. Hmm. Who's not? Does he keep it with just the ladies, or does he check out the fellas, too? He does check out the fellas, but that doesn't really... I don't know if he did it this time, but it does come up later in the story. Nice. Okay. Yeah. He's definitely into whomever's just asshole. buttholes. Just buttholes. Smelling them. <laughs> tasting them. Feeling them around. All right. Seeing how much of your hand you can get in there. And so is he, like, at this time frame, known? Like, is he the guy that, like, yeah, he's in the brothel, like, always? Yeah. yeah this time he is, yeah, he, you know who he is. Yeah. And you're either creeped out or inspired or... You're like, I'm going to the brothel, too. I hear you. He just likes holes. You just hang out with him for a while. You get anal. <laughs> I'm going to the brothel. Give or get. You get, you get some. It's, it's, it's a whole day. It's like, I, I don't even work there or anything. I just showed up, took off my <laughs> pants, turned up. around, and whoop, whoop, there we go. Oh, what a new experience. <laughs> I love a, a, an afternoon in Paris. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, well, he, uh, because of his noble uh, life, he, had, he did have an arranged marriage with another noble person. Uh, his, his father made him meet. They are called... The family is uh, Montreux, de Montreux, hmm. another noble family. He was interested in, I believe she was about 12 years old, Anna. Ugh. How old is he? Is who he had his eyes matter, on. doesn't matter, but... Early 20s. Ugh. That's who he had his eyes on. Um, that's, how, that's how it goes. In the well, the family stepped in and said, time frame. she's too young. You're, you're going to marry her older sister, Renee. Oh, thank God. And Renee is like 16, 17. <laughs> Not that much better. I was ready to be like, she's like 13 or 14. I was like, oh, great. I mean, she's 12 and a half. <laughs> you know, she's probably had her period. I don't know. Oh, okay. She's so hot, dude. He's in his 20s. He's marrying a 16-year-old. I think I it's mean, this probably pretty standard. That's what happens in the gross time frame. Yeah. Unfortunately, that, yeah. Yeah. It's what it is. Um, he got like a boring administrative job with the military. Doesn't really matter. 
what he mostly does is hangs out around Paris fucking hookers. Like, there's really no indication that his marriage was fun or that his job was interesting. From here on out, he's just... Did he ever care, like, about his wife? Or was it just kind of, like, I'm doing the things, that's what I'm supposed to do, Actually, and then back to what I'm doing? Yeah, they did seem to have, like, I don't know how much affection there was, but there was a legitimate intimacy. Like, she hung out with him way longer than she should have. I was going to say, she's like, I really like it when you're around me. Not super happy when you're fucking everybody else, but this is great. Yeah, like, I like pegging you. I don't like it when you're pegged by others. Yeah. It's just sort of it's sort of off-putting for me. Yeah. And he's like, but I'm thinking about you the whole time. She's like, that's sweet, but also not really. Yeah, I'm also not thinking about you, actually, <laughs> if I'm being pegged. <laughs> to be completely honest. Be, yeah, I'm thinking about your little sister. <laughs> Pretty much always. <laughs> In my mind, she's always 12. Oh, God. So, <laughs> uh, here's the first bit of legitimate legal records we have from uh, Desaad. October 1763, there is a high-end prostitute. By high-end, <clears throat> she hangs out in the higher-end brothels and only fucks nobility. I assume more expensive. Yeah, you know, it's like a escort as opposed to a hooker. Mm. situation her her pubic hair is in the shape of the eiffel tower <laughs> which it's super fancy would be expensive to have done yeah it's detailed too like well it's... unless she can do it upside down which is quite a feat mm. like upside down with a really sharp blade that is skill but maybe she has it paid for either way it's impressive yeah yeah who hasn't want to fuck the eiffel tower <laughs> yeah i've always wanted to oh that'd be great I think we just need to start a new trend. Not as much rust if it's if it's pubes. That's what we need to be doing from now on. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go shave my stuff into something cooler. Like fuck buildings? Or or you mean having fun pubes? Yeah, well, I mean that all of it. Just uh, you know, maybe you get the Statue of Liberty because that seems appropriate and not you know gonna offend anybody at all. No, definitely not. Yeah, yeah. we're all psyched about yeah. America. Maybe I can get like Joseph Smith the first time he saw Jesus and God that whole picture. Oh, like with all three of them? Yeah. And him like uh, looking up at him like his hand is in like, oh, Jesus. Oh, the glare from your pubes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Puby is... Jesus. Like that would definitely make the rounds on, on Pinterest for there you a go. long time. Just Jesus. He's my homeboy. And yeah. also right above my dick. Which is fine. He helps it rise. <laughs> he brings the dead to life. It's a miracle. Thank you, Jesus. It is a miracle. I... I'm getting old, man. <laughs> I used to just call it whiskey dick, but now it's concerning. I haven't had any whiskey. I need Jesus. I haven't even had any whiskey. I need Christ. <clears throat> Raise the dead. Well, uh, Desaad meets uh, this high-end prostitute named Janine Tassard. And so this becomes a legal thing. So I can only say that he has a side of the story and she has a side of the story. Oh boy. Okay. And what I think happens is somewhere in the middle. And it's like this. He takes her to one of his many estates. They go into a room. Uh, he locks the door and there's a bunch of whips all over the walls, different Mm. kind of whips, cat and nine tails or ones with metal tips. Um, bunch of like uh, phallic, Type of devices, things that we would now consider dildos, but at the time sure. were probably like wood. Ugh, splinters. And then like crosses, like a lot of Jesus stuff. Thanks. This, this is, I'm feeling like this is like <sighs> turned into a, what's that guy's name? The child serial killer, a fish, fisher, fish. Oh. 
The guy who would whip himself and like put needles in his dick and shit. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's um, uh, it's a whole psychological thing that's kind of hard to swallow. So, and I don't want to get on anyone's kink. Like, if you are a willing hey, participant that, and you want to get into this kind of shit, I'll whatever to you. you it know? is in my notes somewhere that I'm like, we're not kink shaming. Right, right. If you want to, yeah. But it sounds like obviously she did not want to do this if there was a lawsuit. Something oh, no, yeah. went too far. So he starts right away with, um, I want to whip you. I want you to whip me. Mm-hmm. I want to, um, I mean, at the time, like we call it anal now, but at the time they called it sodomy. sodomy. Yeah. So he said, I want to sodomize you. I want you to sodomize me. Uh, he Let's would, party. He would take crucifixes or like Bibles and throw them on the ground and stomp on them. <laughs> Wait, what? And just talk and just talk about shit like he would say stuff like um if God is real I'm about to commit blasphemy uh shoot me down. She's and then like, when nothing happened he would laugh hysterically and stomp on a cross. She's like this is the weirdest role playing I've ever seen. Yeah, she pretty quickly was like so this feels more than a kink and more like I'm going to die. Yeah. Like I don't really know what this guy's about. So he gets all psyched up and is ready to like whip her. Mm. And she essentially is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If you really want to take this all the way, let's wait until Sunday, go to mass, get the little wafer, and then let's go commit an orgy and have it be true blasphemy. Sure. And she talked him up into that for hours. Where they, he, she would she's come just trying up, to avoid getting whipped. She's trying to avoid being like, sodomized. Whoa, 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 wait, wait. wait. Uh, no, great ideas. All of this is oh great. God. But you what are if... so creative. What if we just like took it to the next step? Mm-hmm. Even better, right? Don't no, 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 put the whip down for a second. Let me just let me just get through this. Let me finish my thought. <laughs> this is great. This is great. No, but don't. Oh, I'm gonna. I want to whip Jesus. How about I I leave and I'll I'll come back. I will come back. But let me leave. No, don't lock the door. Don't lock the door. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna lock the door. Uh, will you sodomize me real quick with this whip? Okay. While citing, uh, let me pull up the verses here. <laughs> this one really gets me hard. Thou shalt not sodomize with a whip. Now say that over and over again. <laughs> yeah, she she felt that, I mean, I think as a prostitute, especially a high-end prostitute, which we all know rich people get bored and get into kinky stuff. Sure. Even she was like, oh, shit, this guy is probably going to kill me. Well, also, <laughs> like, even if you were into this, but you were also like, I, I also sell, like, this is like my business. Yeah. You're about to fucking tear up the fucking merchandise, bro. That too. Like, like I got other clients, man. I mean, the other thing is, it's the same as now. You can't. Like, let's say, go on a date or start dating somebody and just expect that they're into anal. That's a very specific kind of thing that some people are into and some aren't. Sure. It's a conversation that has to be had. Right. He walked in the room like, I'm going to fuck you in the ass. She's like, oh. And she might, that's not a thing she's into. She's like, all right, so we're already weird. And now there's a cross. And a whip and, and a, a whip. Bible. And he's like, ha <laughs> strike me down, God. Which also, like... You know, I don't know if Janine Tassard, in a consensual way, liked anal, obviously, but it's sodomy is illegal. Yeah, in France at the time, it's illegal so, like sh- in a lot of places. I think it's still legal in America in some places. For real? Yeah, I think being gay is still illegal in some places, but because it's federally legal, fuck you. Yeah. So I think she was pretty nervous, and luckily she she realized that he had a very active imagination about anything that he felt was being blasphemous. So she fed into his idea. I mean, I'm into that too, bro, but. In a different, with a yeah, different Get with energy. the right group of people. <laughs> yeah, get with the right group of people and express that, you know, 
Yeah, like our episode with uh, Joseph Smith. Yeah. That's the right energy. I mean, if you find somebody else who's also into your sexy kink, well, cool, but don't. Great. Yeah, maybe maybe yeah, talk, he, talk he, to the uh, person you're, you're buying for sex. He needs to get onto gothic Tinder. <laughs> that would be a great place for him. Is that a real thing? Probably. <laughs> gothic Tinder. I am really stoked that I was married by the time that like <laughs> online dating hit its where it's at now because it seems scary. Yeah. I don't really want to fuck with that. Um, but yeah, luckily she fed into his imagination and they stayed up for several hours uh, talking through what was the best way to, to commit blasphemy. And, and explode sh- his load. Yeah. Well, we'll get the most excitement, buddy. Yeah, what is... Like, that's what sexually excites him, at least in this scenario, is like, how can I be the most blasphemous? Okay. Like, there's no sense that, like, Maybe he doesn't even like anal for anal. He likes it because it's illegal. Right, right. And it's against the church. So Not supposed uh, to do it. She was able to wait until... I blew a hole in a church. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to do it with my cock next time. Later, I'm going to go fuck that hole. Uh-huh. Oh, it's too big. Damn it. I'm gonna try. <laughs> Can't you see the guy just <laughs> air fucking a huge hole? Like, <laughs> you take this. Take yeah, that's right. How do you like that, Jesus? <laughs> I'm fucking inside your church. You like it. I'm inside you. And it's full of the parishioners. <laughs> Just like, who is that? Who's that, fucking, who's that fucking guy? Who blew a hole in here and why is that guy? You take it. You take it. Oh, you take it. I'm like, who is that? <laughs> You're right. This episode is going to be one way. This is going to be... I'm so sorry, dabblers. No, those dabblers who requested it were, were correct. I was bummed out doing the research, but if you make it funny, it's fine. Yeah, it's a lot of yeah, wiener jokes. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but she ends up escaping. Pretty sure at one time I called a, a girl merchandise, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, what she's selling. Yeah. I don't feel great. That's yeah. all I'm going to say on it. Okay, so, yeah. I'm done. Yeah, that's good. You have the right to do that if that's what you want to do. I don't give a fuck if no. that's what you want to do. Sex work should absolutely be legalized. And, I have no and idea supported. how it is in the 1700s. So, fuck, well, I don't know if she was just like, you're now a whore, and she's like, this is my life now. There's that, too. Like, whether or not she was forced into it, I don't know. Anyways. But um, she escapes, uh, tells the police. He is arrested pretty quickly, even though um, he's noble. That's kind of an odd thing to happen. Like, a nobleman beating a prostitute, like, who fucking cares? Yeah. Like, that. I'm sure that happens every day, but it's for real. Her description of... Back then. Him stomping on crosses, wanting to commit sodomy. Wait, he's saying what about God and doing what? Now I... Uh, when you were getting beat, I didn't give a fuck. No, you're a garbage person. But you say he wanted to masturbate over the wafers? And then he wanted to come inside the Bible and then just close it and squish it together and just uh, open it up. And the pages are all stuck together. Sticky. And then close it again. Put it in the kids' section. <laughs> And then he shoved a cross up my ass with Jesus on it. Like his actual whole body. Oh, he did what? My, what? okay. Well, shut up for now. I don't want to hear you talk anymore. And Actually, I'm going to go arrest him. Forever. We need to find this blasphemer. Yeah. And, and uh, he punches her and walks away <laughs> just for no reason. Just, bitch! <laughs> whore! All right. This is the 1700s. Terrible. Keep that cross on your ass for later. Um, Evidence. Yeah, they. I mean, they were going to try and throw the book at him, but... He's a nobleman, so he was released from prison pretty quickly. His father 
talk to who he needed to talk to. Like, his dad actually knows the king. I think it's Louis the 15th right now. Oh, shit. Yeah. And so he he just gets away with it. Like, when asked about it, he said that it was a joke, and he was doing – um he, he described it as, like, the Hellfire Club. You know about that? No. What's the Hellfire Club? We talked about it in the Earl of Sandwich. That's when I learned about it. It's mm-hmm. like – a group of noblemen who... Oh, that's right. I do remember like, now. It's like a secret society where really it's like a buddy group. It's just an excuse to get away from your wife and drink. Right. But they also do hire prostitutes and do... Orgies and stuff too, right? Yeah, a lot of orgies, a lot of drug taking, but no violence, even though there's like there's like an assumption of it being blasphemous without it being blasphemous because you're actually afraid of offending God, but you're a rich bored person, so you pretend... Right. You pretend uh, this craziness. Right. So Desaad was like, I wasn't really going to sodomize her. I was uh, I was playing. I'm rich. I get to do whatever I want. Yeah. So we got away with it. We were role playing. I was going to be like, I'm going to actually put it in her vagina. Be like, oh, I'm in your asshole right now. Oh, Oops. boy. This is so blasphemous. Wrong hole. Oops. Sorry. Wrong hole. Oops. Sorry. Wrong hole. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> so it was pretend. Also, do you know what pretend is? You guys know she was like, hooker, right? Oh, yeah, no, I punched her. I made sure. Good. Yeah. Let me go punch her again. Let's all go home. Okay. Well, let's all go sodomize our wives. So he doesn't actually get fully charged, I take it. Nothing happens. Yeah. Uh, King Louis XV uh, was like, whatever. It's a, it's a weird little thing that happened. It's fine. Okay. So huh. the next bit of history that we know is that uh, Desaad keeps doing his thing in brothels um, to the point where there is a police inspector <laughs> who actually went to brothel owners and asked them to put up signs uh, banning Desaad. For real? So it becomes that big of a deal it's, that rumors are getting around. He's like, well, he brings his own whips. It's exactly, yeah. Like, <laughs> so many of the prostitutes would request not to be signed up with him because of his um, proclivity to sodomy and violence, where they were like, you're not allowed in here, bro. Like, you're, whoa. Yeah, he's beating the women, and that's not fun. Yeah, like if you go to a to uh, like one of those escort places in Vegas, you can't just beat this woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, if you're very rich and it's the 1700s, you could get away with it a couple dozen times <laughs> before they put up a sign. They're not going to like actually tell you to stop. They're just going to be like, <laughs> not not stop like legally. Well, please, we're going to put you in jail. Like, just put up a couple of signs. You're not allowed here. Yeah, I would imagine that sign didn't stop him a couple times. He's, He's like, like, huh? Mm. Rips it down. <laughs> All anyway. Right. Bring me an asshole. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this into her asshole. This sign. I'm gonna huh. bunch it all up and then stick it in her asshole. And then I'm gonna use a cross. There we go. To shove it in there like a <laughs> plunger. Yeah, like a yeah. And the owner's like, ah, I gotta get a bigger sign. <laughs> no, oh, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> the whore's like, no, no, don't, please, no, God, no. no. Uh, hmm. If I make it really big, <laughs> they're all like, he'll find a way. <laughs> he'll cut it up. He'll put it into three of us. I don't know. Just don't. Oh, oh God. Christ. that actually uh, opened up an official investigation by a prosecutor to look into Desaad's sores. Okay. They were like, Hmm. constant, this stuff, orgies, whipping, sodomy is illegal. Um, Being bisexual, which they assume he is because he likes being pegged. Sure. They're all like, this is all against God and we have to look into it. And it actually led to uh, his complete banning in brothels in Paris and the surrounding area. <laughs> so if you're wondering about the appetite of this person, that's where he's at. Sure. Banned from every brothel in the Paris area. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So in response, he's uh, actually around this time in 1767, his, his dad dies, which makes him the official Marquis de Sade, um, inheriting everything that comes with that, all the properties and all the money. Shit, yeah. So he doesn't need to go to brothels anymore. He's going to bring him to his estates. The brothels come to him. Fuck yeah, they do. Which actually, I mean, I have the stories of more violence that got written down. Let's just say that in between all the stories I tell, there's like 30 orgies that are fine. That are just n- well, normal, a normal orgy. Fine in that nobody says anything on it, but they are getting whipped and sodomized. Oh. Yeah, that's definitely happening. So not normal. Normal for him. I like that we're talking about like orgies as like they're normal in general for like I've never obviously been in an orgy, so No, I never I don't know if many people have. I know a few people have that claim to have been in orgies. I don't in Mormonville, Utah. I mean I have a friend uh who got into the cocaine world. Mm. I do believe his orgy stories. They don't sound fun though. Huh. Is my thing. Orgies sound like more work than fun. Well, we lived next to a neighbor who kind of invited us to essentially what was a swinger party orgy thing. Yeah, when we were living, when I was living back in uh, North Salt Lake area. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we were connected to another guy's house because it was like these uh, kind of condo things. Yeah, and this dude got divorced. Messy. We used to talk to him all the time. Yeah, one time <clears throat> we're outside smoking. Come on over. He's like, by the way, this is what I'm up to. What I'm into. <laughs> If you guys ever want to come over, you don't have to join. Even you can just kind of chill out, see, fill it out. And if you want to, go ahead and join. We like it when you watch. I was like, shit, fuck, dude. This is weird. Like, we, we kind of know you, but even if I knew you really well, this is okay. Uh, oh, man. I have all this KY jelly and people <laughs> coming to my house tonight. I don't know what's going to happen. Here's my house key. Yeah. Yeah, no. Hey, I mean, he was a really nice guy. Like, I loved that guy. That's the thing. I think that your run-of-the-mill swingers are probably lovely people. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, there's nothing wrong with having an orgy as long as everyone's fucking into it. Yeah, that, that's the other thing. Is I don't know to what degree uh, Desaad was paying hookers to... Get whipped. <laughs> yeah, to to endure abuse that was not uh, not really fair. I can only imagine there's upon. a lot more that goes involved in that, choking and punching and... Yeah, he's definitely into excessive violence, which... I'm going to uppercunt you. Uh, leads to the Don't. next story here. Uh, <clears throat> another prostitute named Rose Keller. Um, at least according to her, he didn't approach her uh, for sexual favors. He was like, do you want to come be a chambermaid in one of my properties? The old trick and switcheroo. The old, tell her she'll be a regular servant and then give her sodomy. <laughs> yeah. That we've all been there. No, no, I need you to clean down there. A little bit further down. Lower. Just bend over a lower. little further. Hiya! Gotcha! Oh, is that my asshole? Yep. Yes, it is. Here's a whip. <laughs> what, what is this for? Why are you what? handing me this? This is all not okay. Hit me! Hit me! <clears throat> Jesus sucks. Shove the other end of my ass. Take that, God! <laughs> um, It's actually Easter Sunday of 1767. The best day to commit, you know... I think that is actually his point. Yeah. Is to do something Blasphemy. a little over the top on a religious holiday. Uh, takes her back to one of his properties. She thinks that she's going to become a maid of some kind. He locks her in a room. Ties her to the bed. Jesus. I don't, I don't understand what it's called, but he had a, a wooden rod that he tied behind her neck so that she couldn't see behind her. <clears throat> had her face down. Huh. 
Just whipped her a bunch, uh, sodomized her, cut her legs with knives, and then poured candle wax on them. Yeah, this sounds like fucking shit. Uh, and then threatened her, like, if you leave, I'm going to kill you, or if you tell anybody, I'm going to kill you. And this is like, I mean, in today's age, this would be like kidnapping, torturing. Yeah, I think I think excuses are made for famous people, uh, but he's, he's a sociopath. Yeah. He, he's a close to serial killer level, pretty shitty Dude. Well, definitely. I mean, th- this also would be considered rape if you were like, you're a chambermaid, by the way. Hiya, gotcha. Uh, but that's the other thing that I think. I think it's intentionally Easter Sunday, and I think he intentionally lied to her about it being a maid because that's another kink of his is to surprise her yeah. and to make it blasphemous. Yeah. Which what also, an asshole, dude. This at, guy's a dickwad. Yeah, in today's age, yeah. I mean, I think with uh, the, the cultural excessive violence that we have that creates serial killers, he'd be a serial killer probably with the same psychology he has. Yeah, serial rapist. Well, luckily for uh, Rose Keller, he leaves the room uh, briefly. She wiggles her way out, jumps out of a window, uh, and... uh, Run! Yeah. I think that if she hadn't gotten away, he probably would have killed her. Yeah. Uh, I I actually... I mean, there's no evidence for it, but I don't think there's any reason to think that Marquis de Sade did not choke out a hooker or two at once and got rid of the body. Yeah. Well, I mean, clearly the law is not really, like... Looking that far into it enough to be like, you're going to jail. Yeah. And it's it's unfortunate. It's, it's the same as today that, you know, people on a lower economic level don't, those crimes don't really get reported. So y- you could run out and kill a hooker and just put her in a body of water and you'd probably get away with it. It's awful. Well, by personal experience, I'm just saying. <laughs> Jesus. If you have a, a hanker in one day. God. No, you know, like I think they they call him now the most prolific American serial killer, Samuel Little, uh, exclusively killed like <laughs> drug addicted prostitutes because he knew that no and right and uh, of uh, people of color because he knew that nobody's gonna look into it. Right, right. I mean, that's I think why Jack the Ripper went after hookers. I mean, it might have been also he thought he was doing something in his own <sighs> fucked up mind in his own fucked up mind for saying it's the for the sake of God or whatever. But I mean, he also like no one really cared. Whatever justification they have in their own mind, yeah. That, but yeah, they, yeah. A lot of times they target these people. So like saying that the Marquis de Sade targeted hookers because he was a sex addict, it's more that he was targeting them because he gets away with it. Right. Like the the occasions that we that we know about are when these are women of a more self-preserving nature, where they're like, no, I'm not going to get fucking murdered by this asshole tonight, yeah. and they ran away. Uh, how many people? I personally think he probably killed. Yeah, who knows? Maybe a small handful, I would assume. No. Where's his wife during all this? Is she just like one of the other estates, other houses? Yep. Being like, my relationship's kind of weird, but um, he seems like a good man. Does she know any about any of that shit? It's hard to say what she knows at this point. Um, she learns about certain parts of it later mm. that incriminate her. Incriminate her? Yeah. Oh, I don't this is going to get interesting. Okay. What, shit. I don't know where Renee is at, but she makes some weird decisions. Like, well, he told me to hold the whip and then to use it, and so and I did. Honestly, the hooker crying for her life kind of aroused me, and I, I learned a lot about myself. I, was like, that I day. get it now. I get it. I want to sodomize her too <laughs> and spit on a Bible. I'm assuming this doesn't get to that point. I don't know. I guess we're going to find out. So, uh, Rose Keller gets away. Uh, Tells the local authorities, and by this point, everybody totally believes her. Like, yeah, like, yeah he's uh, banned from all these places because yes. of it. Same shit. This guy's a fucking psycho. Mm. So, he, <laughs> I like to think that when they come knock on his door, he just acts dumb. Like, 
I don't know what she's. Oh, what a whip? What's a what's the word you said? Whip? No, we don't. I don't have any whips here. No, I don't whip things. No, huh, that's um, weird. And like you are banned from every single place. Tired to a bed, you say? Oh, I don't know, sir. You have a massive erection. Oh yeah. 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 Hey, um, would you come in and clean something for me real quick? <laughs> you actually want a job? It's hard because it's like it's down low and you have to bend down to real get it. Low, officer. Officer, <laughs> let me take that baton real quick. <laughs> let me just take a look at it. It's, it's a nice shape. Uh, up your ass. Take that, society. Put me in jail. You got any cuffs? Oh no, tie me to the bed, officer. <laughs> That's the other thing is, uh, you know, uh, we we uh, harp on his obviously being an asshole, but he also liked to be tied down and sodomized and whipped himself. Sure, sure, yeah. It's all. It's all a. Uh, all the sexual violence for him goes both ways. It's what makes it criminal is that he often doesn't really get consent first. That's uh, that's the problem. Kind that's of, really the only problem. If the other side's like, "Yeah, I'll whip you, you whip me," cool. Yeah. Safe words? No, no safe words. We're going all the way. Yeah. Hopefully, no one dies, but I'm all in. That's what is not uh, uh, talked about enough in our society is the leaps and bounds we've made with S and M. Yeah. Up until pretty recently, I think it was all non-consensual, but now there are like online communities. Oh yeah, safe words. A yeah. lot of lot of uh, slave and masters that are all. I know a couple people that are all about it. Step on my yeah. face, I am a garbage little <laughs> little person. Spin mouth. But hey, you know that's that's the only thing that makes it. I'm know, a little piggy. Spit in my mouth. That's the only thing that makes it an issue because I don't really give a fuck what anyone does, no. as long as everyone's like consensual and you know. Hopefully not dying from it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, but, uh, yeah. <clears throat> equating violence with sexuality is not a far stretch. It's all an animistic or animalistic thing. It's just be nice to each other, ultimately. Yeah, at least come up with a plan of what you are willing yes. to and not do. Yes. And then, fine, go from there. I don't care. Yes, shove the beer can up my ass. Wait for me to be prepared. Yes. Call me shit little piggy and step on my face when... I am ready for it. Because if you if you just call me at work and call me a shit pig, I'll just get an erection at the wrong time. Look, everything's on the table except for nose stuff, right? Nose stuff is off the table. Everything Bro. else, let's go. I have a deviated septum. <laughs> Hurts. It's a medical issue. I can't shove it up your ass. I mean, I have a deviated septum. <laughs> a deviated septum. Let me put my tongue in your ass. <laughs> Not my nose. <laughs> I don't have a nose condom. <laughs> Well, uh, this actually does get him put in jail, at least for a small handful of months, because the king was so grossed out by the implications, he's like, yeah, let's keep him locked up for a minute. So they actually do put him in jail. Yeah, for a minute. He gets out. For a minute. <laughs> it's literally his... Uh, his uh, right. It, so have you learned your lesson in the last five hours that you've been here? Yeah. Good. All right. Come on out. No more of this, right? Okay. Totally. This totally works. I love this. This I'm totally so good. Never gonna sodomize again. Totally reforming people. I'm so good at my job. All right, go ahead and go home. Um, one quick thing before you leave. Were you sodomizing yourself with the bedpost while we weren't looking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. I would uh, definitely wipe that down. Have a nice day, sir. Good to meet you, Marquis de Sade. Always great to meet a noble. Ah. Not gonna shake your hand. <laughs> Don't know where it's been. But, hey, would you mind telling my superiors that uh, you were treated nicely? All right, great. All right. Little pound it. Just kidding. Not not really pound it. Just uh, the fist thing. Uh, not, that, not that fist. Uh. Just leave. <laughs> Can't tell you anything. <laughs> so, 
Uh, he, uh... <laughs> in response to this, he does get released. It was actually his mother-in-law, as uh, ironic as that is, who said, It's all fake. The bitch is lying. And, and Oh, really? Yeah, got the king to let him out. In response, the king was like, I'm not totally sure, so you're just banned from entering Paris, dude. <laughs> We don't really. We don't. I know. love that. That it's like, I'm not sure. Even though there's rumors going around for so much, so that you've been banned out of every brothel yeah. in Paris. Yeah. And I'm still not sure. But just to be, you know, just to uh, ultra sure, we're gonna ban you from Paris. We're like, I mean, he's most of his debauchery has happened in Paris. Is that where all of his estates are? He has a few outlying ones. In fact, his main one is called Lacoste, which is in the more southern France. Okay. But yeah, everything that they. You know, all of this stuff so far has happened in France. Or, sorry, Paris. Right. And so I think the king was like, just keep him away from, like, civilization. <laughs> Maybe he'll go fuck a deer or something. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, doesn't. <laughs> Does he just stay in Paris? No, he goes back to his other his other properties and just keeps doing the same thing. He just hires uh, prostitutes and has orgies. Hmm. Um, it doesn't lead to legal stuff for a little while, but I can tell you that he uh, ruins the Marquis family everything. Okay. He, he doesn't really have a job. He doesn't collect his taxes correctly. A lot of his peasants don't trust him, so they don't. <laughs> they either leave their lands or don't pay him, and then he overspends. So he actually just loses all the family money on whipping people that probably don't want to be whipped he buys a lot of whips yeah i gotta buy a whip of every kind yeah of every length um i do know also around this time in 1772 he does also start fucking his sister-in-law the one that was 12 okay she's not how old 12, is she now in her 20s now but yeah. he and does start sleeping with his wife's sister um <laughs> and again i don't i don't know does she know how where she's at with that yeah Huh. Yeah. Um, he does have a bunch of orgies that are, like, acknowledged. Mm. There are people who say they were there, and it's about as weird as you think it is. But it doesn't um, get weird until a little bit later in 1772. He has another... It doesn't get weird? It gets then? weirder where... Huh. God. So he has another orgy. This one uh, is notable both because the prostitutes that were involved witnessed him being sodomized by his sh his male chauffeur. Sure. But it apparently offended them enough religiously that... Oh, my heavens. While I am selling my body, oh. God is looking over there being like... Is that a boy inside of a boy? <laughs> my goodness. Blasphemy. Ooh. Oh, sorry. I'm, you were next in line, sir, on this orgy? Come on in. Yep. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, my vagina's up for, for pounding. No butt stuff. <laughs> Jesus is watching. Yes. Hmm. But what really stood out to them, uh, because they just told the police about this after, is that Desaad was handing out what he called sugar-coated seeds what, what? from a little a little case that he had, a little case full of seeds. Sugar-coated seeds. Yeah, and he told them it was an aphrodisiac. What is it really? Um, people think it's Spanish fly. Spanish fly is, uh, I don't know the chemical name of it, but it's it's poison. Poison? I, well, was gonna, I thought it was going to be like a hallucination, like hallucinogen. I mean, then and now it's perceived to be an aphrodisiac, but everything that I could find is that some people say it's an aphrodisiac. Most people say it makes you vomit and 
and have like stomach cramps. Some people die. Jesus. If you eat too much Spanish fly, mostly what it does is just fuck up your intestines. Oh. So like this is an aphrodisiac. It well, also might not like make you want to have sex because you're because you're in throwing up or pooping out your brain. So it's one of those things that's like people say that uh, shellfish is an aphrodisiac. Yeah. There's no indication for it. I don't think any food has actually been confirmed to be actually a true aphrodisiac. Well, like a frozen banana for me. For you, I think there's personal ones. Yeah. I think it's also kind of like chocolate. It's like, yeah, well, I like chocolate. It makes me happy because it tastes good. It's my favorite thing. And, and you're like, sure, let's bone now because I'm all happy with chocolate. But I think it's more of a personal level, not an actual aphrodisiac. I mean, I, I think it's like anything that increases endorphins. So you're happy and horny. Yeah, you're going to have better sex. It's the same. Nobody calls alcohol an aphrodisiac. <laughs> right. But you're you're down to fuck when you're drunk because and... you're you're loose on endorphins. It's the same with the also like really intense things. Like uh, I've been told many times, like if you go bungee jumping or skydiving, you release a lot of endorphins like you're saying. Yeah. People are more likely to say yes to stuff. Matter of fact, someone was saying that was a joke about like you ask the person that you love to marry you after you go on a bungee jump together because yeah. the excitement's up and everything. Oh, you marry me? There's like, yeah, this is great. I will, I will not say no to anything. I mean, well, I went skydiving and it was a blast. And after you land, all you want to do is do it again. I was going to say, I don't like those types of things, extreme things. I bungee jumped with a girl once and we broke up shortly after. <laughs> you jumped out of a fucking perfectly good plane with your wife and you guys are still together. So, yeah. you know, people, People like so if you like shellfish, yeah, you're gonna have better sex when you eat it. Sure, I am allergic to shellfish. <laughs> I'm gonna have I will have a worse time. <laughs> no, I will not have sex with you. I don't feel good. Good, I want to throw up. I have hives. Yeah, so I think with Spanish fly, it is some kind of seed that induces something. And unfortunately, maybe he had a bad batch, or maybe it was his first try with it. But the women he gave this Spanish seed to became violently ill. One of them uh, was vomiting a bunch, and according to her, he made some untoward things about, like, vomit on me. Okay, so maybe he was going after this effect. That's the other thing, is we don't know if he was trying to make them uh, sick. All right, right, you vomit on me, you piss on me, this is great, all right? Yeah, and he uh, does like piss play. That Does he? He does. So he's just, it's, it's all, just all the things. All the things. Yeah. Let and me I, see your feet. Let me, you pee on me. I'm going to pee on it's you. The, <laughs> this is good. This it's is... the, you know, when you're a responsible, casual adult browsing Pornhub and there's a video that comes up, you're like, who watches this? What? <laughs> what? He, that's what he's into. Hmm. That's hmm. what. So I don't know if he was Again. intentionally trying to poison these women because Again. he's into the vomit and diarrhea. Look, if you want to, if you want to pee on someone or be peed on, and that's everybody's fine. In, that's fine. Cool with it. Fine. I don't get it, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't involve me. It, it's none of my fucking business. It's not my business. So, no. But obviously, when someone's feeding you something that is going to make you throw up, that you probably didn't know is going to make you throw up, it's I mean, sugar coated. Like, let's say, would you like some sweets? You're, a, oh my god. You're a young, pretty woman. You've decided your career choice at this part of your life is sex work. Sure. You go with some other women. There's some good-looking guys. Everybody's, you know, you're getting paid and you're having a good time. One of the guys is like, Eat take one of these. It's an aphrodisiac. Great. Half hour later, you're vomiting your brains He's out. He's like, okay, and aim he it this way. into it. <laughs> aim, aim this way. How are you to respond? <laughs> because I only know two of these women for sure took the pills. One of them became very extremely sick, and she's the one who went to the police the next day. 
they tracked down another woman from a different orgy who was like on her deathbed from an infection. Oh, fuck. And there is indication that uh, Spanish fly causes intestinal infections in certain people. So she, she did live, but it, once everything was tracked down, they're like, this motherfucker poisoned these women, and we're not sure if it was on purpose or not, but Jesus, let's, let's arrest him again. Let's, uh, let's try and arrest him. Does he have a record? Oh, my God, he does. Look at this. They pull it out, and they're like, this is the guy who can't be in Paris. <laughs> this is the face on the sign. <laughs> the sign that's bigger to get into an ass on purpose. The king told him he couldn't be in Paris anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is an extreme story. So uh, he, he does get arrested, um, and this one was going to go to trial for attempted murder. I just like to think that like, when they show up to arrest him, he's like just wearing just boy shorts, and he's just got whips. <laughs> and he's like, come get me, boys. I like your authority. Mm-hmm. Come, come take it. You got you to gotta get through the whips to get to me. And nowadays, they would just shoot him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, luckily for him, I guess. But uh, this one was going to go to trial. So it, uh, I guess in a modern sense, he got out on bail. Like they paid who needed to be paid for him to get out behind the bars. And he just left. Like Just he, took off? Yeah, he just left. Like he, he went to southern France where at the time, like bottom, bottom southern France was technically a different country. I think it's called Sardinia. Mm. Owned that part of France. So he knew he couldn't be extradited. He tried to hide there. Um, by now, his mother-in-law, the one who's been helping him get out of jail, is sick of it. So she actually paid some bounty hunters to find him. <laughs> I'm fucking sick of your shit. All right? Yeah. Clearly, it's true. They he... dragged him to jail. He is in prison for a few months before he actually schemes his way out and uh, escapes jail. Oh. Goes back to one of his properties. Mother-in-law is How did he more mad. It's a weird story where, like, there's this side kitchen that if you were on good terms with the guards, you could have access to. And he jumped out the window and, like, left a note saying, I have a hired mercenary army, so don't follow me. <laughs> Which he didn't. Right. It's just an empty thread. And I like he, to think he, all, he had, like, extra oil for his, you know, orgies. And so he just dumped it on him and then was like, just slipped through the bars. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, we've, we've bathed him 17 times. He's still greasy. <laughs> we can't get it off of him. Woo-hoo, He's like, can't get me. You never will. You never will. <laughs> My asshole is ready to go. I'm like, we can't. We he can't. also fucked a guard on the way out. He was sleeping and then just, <laughs> oh, no. Was I sodomized? Why does everything smell like olive oil? See you later. Let's <laughs> get away. Gotcha. I have an army. <laughs> oh, we better not follow him. It's an army of sodomizers. Um, yeah, so he gets away for another <laughs> few months. Uh, Can you imagine that army? An army of sodomizers. Ah! <laughs> 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 That it makes me think of like the uh, uh, the old Celts. They used to battle nude, yeah. And apparently, like the excitement of battle would give them hard-ons. Okay. And so, like the Roman soldiers would be intimidated to fight these naked men because they had raging hard-ons. And like, <laughs> I'm gonna fuck like, you. And they're like, Oh, I don't like, want to be part of this war. Like, I'm gonna eat your ass. <laughs> like, um, that's oh, a good intimidation God. tactic. Cause look. I mean, it's already one thing that you're going to go get killed, probably, but yeah. if you're going to get fucking raped before, you're like, all right, all of this sucks. Well, if you're in the Roman Legion, I mean, you're armored to the teeth, and then you look at these fucking guys who are covered in paint, nude, raging hard-ons, with rusty swords. You're like, I don't want to fuck I'm out. That. You win. Nah, we're, I'm, going, I'm going back. Whatever, whatever you, know what? you wanted, you can have it. All roads lead to Rome. I'm going on one, and I'm out. <laughs> I'm, fa- I'm out. I think that that almost 
I think the the Celts were almost not taken over because of their raging hard ons. <laughs> it's close. It's like this close. It was like six inches close. <laughs> close it was. Yeah. Um. Well, he gets away again. Like I said, uh, yeah. got a lot more archers. Not quite so many swordsmen. <laughs> yeah. <not. laughs> get them from afar. I don't want them getting close. Ew. I don't want them. I don't want them to get their hands on like, me. All the cavalry, like, I'm not doing it. Just shoot them. Just yeah. shoot them from here. Like they like it. They keep bending over. They like it. Get me in the ass. <laughs> um, he gets away uh, again, and his mother-in-law sends a bunch of, this time, mercenaries to actually just kill him. Huh. Um, she's sick of it. This is when we find out that his wife, Renee, is actually at least defending him at this point. I don't know how much she's enjoying what's happening. But the mercenaries come to the house. Saad hides, and she like covers for him. So he gets away from prison and ends up spending the summer of 1774 in his, uh, it's called his Lacoste home, which is in southern France. How many houses these people have? He does have about six or seven. Jesus Christ. Um, the issue with this, or why I'm bringing it up, is that we know in this winter he's on the lam. Um, he just avoids some mercenaries. His wife is with him. And this winter they hire five teenagers as hired servants hmm. for the winter sure and i guess back then you know we don't have furnaces south of france somewhat uh hard winter so it's sort of like you lock in for like four months four or five months hmm. just take care of the house okay what they do is uh sod takes these five teenagers to a room in the basement ties them up of course whips and sodomizes them treats them like human garbage makes them crawl around uh, makes them sodomize him for four months. Jesus. All winter. And it is called the scandal of the little girls. I think that three of them were girls and two were boys. I don't think the sex matters to him. Yeah. They're just that he is into kids. Um, and there is some indication that Renee took part in some capacity. Hmm. I mean, I, and her sister, uh, Anne, as well, was uh, present and uh, hitting some kids. I'm definitely not going to try to make excuses for it, but I can only imagine that he was doing the same thing to his wife. Probably. Probably traumatizing. And then, of course... She was like, you're a woman in the somebody se- else. You're a woman in the 1700s. You do what the man says. The man's like, sodomize her. And you're like, do I have to? And then it just becomes a thing. And then you're like, you're a part of this. And... Anyways, guilty by association. Anyway, yeah, I'm not trying to, do, you know, I'm not trying to say what she did is right. That's that's when you run, or maybe should have ran a long time ago. I don't know. We're like, especially when you're you're nobility, you can't not be nobility. So follow along with him and then just lie. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Anyways, there there's a lot in his story where people question like, what did Renee know and not know and do and not do? Yeah. And we don't we don't know, but we do know that she was in this house for four months with children in the basement. So the likelihood that she at least knew is we know that she. I can only imagine she was being abused as well, uh, you know, unwillingly. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know how to. I'm I'm not an authority in any kind of intelligence for getting into that. So about sexual violence. Yeah, and and her involvement. <laughs> oh, and, pe- and pedophilia. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not the guy. Yeah, this is not the. Renee Desaad episode, unfortunately. Right. We will judge her later. <laughs> Harshly, I'm sure. The the people time judgment will come down. Um, 
after the winter, he knows. So he didn't kill these kids. To his credit, he's a great he's a great man. Awesome, man. great. That's see, that's all that really. You know. He gave them deep, lifelong psychological problems, and then just cut them loose. Jesus, with very loose assholes and cuts all over their bodies. And good luck with your life from here on out. See you later. Right. Well, I hope you guys had fun. I had a lot of fun. Thanks for um, the four months. I was gonna pay you, but I don't have any cash. So see you later. Mm. Have a nice spring. Uh, he leaves, knowing the heat is coming down on him. He actually flees to Italy. Uh, he brings his. Uh, his chauffeur, lover boy, and uh, I don't know. There's a fun bit in his memoirs. What's about... a chauffeur in the 1700s? Is he the guy that just like he, dri- he drives his carriage? Yeah, okay. But his chauffeur, I mean, like his wife. I don't know if it's like he's stuck in this situation and doesn't want to leave, but he is uh, in a, a homosexual relationship with the guy. Sure. And they partake in the same orgies and shit. Maybe he just digs the orgies. I don't know. Maybe he's just a, a gay man. He's just. Whatever. They go to Italy, and uh, they do some more orgies. Uh, by the time they come back, they have a bunch of uh, stories about um, all their forays in Italy, and nobody wants to hear about it. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, that's all right. Thanks, though. Um, so the last, the last bit of free Marquis de Sade, yeah. uh, the last bit of him being out of prison, is he comes back from Italy, immediately goes back to his regular shit in his uh, estate, there is an underage servant girl who he approaches for sex acts. He tries to give her money. She runs away and tells her father. Her father comes back and tries to kill Desaad. He actually shoots at him. Finally, somebody who's got some fucking, like, I'll end this fucking shit. Yeah, this fucking asshole. I mean, yeah, that, that's the only response to a grown man approaching an underage girl is to just shoot him. Oh, man, at this point, it's like, well, the father, it's your daughter. She's underage. I mean, all those already are fine even today's standard, if you ask me. Yeah. But also, like, since the 1700s, the law is obviously not doing a whole lot about anything. No, they had many times they could have at least much sooner, and then when they tried to, he fleed, fled. Yeah, and even when they did, the king forgave him, so there's there's no incentive for them. So it's like, oh, let's just take this in my own hands. Don't fucking touch my daughter. I'm going to shoot you. Well, especially, well, we're talking about 1770s, so there are guns, but I think it's hard to load the fucking thing. <laughs> right. So the guy's like, yeah, I'm going to load this whole thing to kill this motherfucker. Yeah. He unfortunately misses, but does go to the police. <laughs> the police are, they get the whole story about the kids who were locked up and this new girl and everything. They finally lock him up, and this time the king, uh, Louis the Fifteenth, is like, once he gets the whole story, he enacts what's called the Lettre de Cachet. <laughs> okay, what is that? It's a French word which means king's decree, which means... Dasad is in prison because the king wants him to be, and there's no... There's no getting out of it. There's no laws. There's no bail. There's no... Uh, I said so, so he goes to jail. No I'm trial. I'm king, and I'm sick of your face. Yeah. So that, yeah, there's no trial. There's no charges. You're in there because the king says you're in there. Right. And that's basically... Oh, where was he held? It wasn't at the uh, place where all the uh, political people were held. What's that called? The Bastille. The Bastille. Is yeah. he held there? At first, he's held in what you would... It kind of puts a whole different kind of... Oh, man. It weirdly... Bastille day. It weirdly ties into deep history. Really? Yeah. Like, we've just been talking about a, a, a sadomasochist yeah. pedophile, but it actually becomes history here in a minute. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. So he's held in uh, the Fortress of Vincennes, which is just like a big, you know, you think of high castle... Uh, 
stone blocks and yeah. very cold floors. Yeah. Slit windows is where a bare stone floor. And he's there for about a year and a half. Uh, they decide to try to put him on trial for poisonings, uh, for the pedophilia, the sodomy. Uh, nothing really takes. The you know witnesses don't talk or people are dead. And so Desaad starts thinking he's going to be released until he's reminded that these are trials are separate from the fact that you're in prison because the king just wants you there. Right. I was going to say, it's kind of weird that they're even doing those trials because if the king just says, and it's forever, if he decides that, then it's like, uh-huh. Yeah. These are just extras. We were just, you know, you're probably bored in there whipping, you know, wishing you could whip yourself. So I'm trying to make some excitement. Maybe you'll get out. Ooh. Just kidding. These are separate. These so are separate fun. things. Oh, my gosh. It'd be so funny if we went to trial, but it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm gonna, I didn't go even look at, like, ask any witnesses or anything. I kind of feel sadistic to do this to you. Uh, <laughs> anyway. I'm getting enjoyment out of it. I'm actually quite hard. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Oh, no. I'm going to sodomize myself with my baton in front of you. I'm, oh, fuck. I'm just like him. This is how it happens. Oh, no. I have to whip myself. Where's a child? <laughs> oh, no, it's happened. The, the infection has taken place. <laughs> uh, he, uh, he ends up spending about 12 years in the Vonsen. Shit. Where it is, what do you think? Uh, they don't call him by his name. His name is Monsieur Le Six, or whatever six is in French. No. I actually don't know. I don't know either. But Can't count in French. They didn't refer to him as his name. Uh, stone cell, no fire, just a bare mat on the floor. His only companions were rats, um, all of which I'm stoked happened to him for 12 years. Not for the rats, because I can only imagine the weird shit that they went through. Because <laughs> if he's into everything, he's into like the gerbils up your ass thing and rats or whatever. Just I like... mean, a rat is a great pocket pussy. Oh, my God. It's the perfect uh, size. It's just a handful. See, the 1700s. A so... handful of fur. The, uh, let's see, the, 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 the first plague was in the 1500s, but I think it comes back around again. It's probably around. So, yeah. anyways. Uh, but, I don't know, what, what's a better, uh, fleshlight than a, <laughs> than a rat that you just Ugh. grab in the middle of the night while it's thinking about children? It's warm and furry, so you can pet something while you, oh my god, I can't even, I can't it's even amazing. It's so gross. Ugh. I hadn't even thought of that. I bet he had a fucking great time in there. Um... Yeah, things didn't get better until he was moved to, as you said, the Bastille. That's so that's so crazy. I don't know why, but I like that this is... It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. So the Bastille, because we've talked about this in a couple different episodes, I think. At least one of them. Yeah, the Bastille's pretty we important. We talked about it in, I think, Queen and, uh, yeah, Antoinette. So the Bastille is a place where they would put mostly political figures. So if, the, if they someone agree, uh, disagree with the king, yeah. the king was like, I don't want you talking bad about me. Correct. So now you go into here... Yeah, and you just you don't get a trial or anything. You're just in the Bastille, and then eventually the Bastille gets overthrown. Yeah, they free everybody, which I think at the time really wasn't very many people in there. But I, I think it can only hold fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, because it's designed to be like it's it's a fortress of oppression to show the people that like we could put you in here if you say the wrong thing. Right, but it's it can't hold a hundred people. It's a threat though. So it's like the people that are in there are important. They're like a symbol. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, if you've heard our uh, Marie Antoinette, her husband is, is the one who sa- signed the Lettre de Cachet that put him in both the Vincennes and then later it in the is? Bastille. Yeah. King Louis the Sixteenth. Yeah. Yeah. Because Louis Fifteenth agreed. Fifteenth was the one who kept letting him get off. Right. It was it was Louis the Sixteenth when they were like, he, he won't stop. He just keeps fucking. He locked children up all winter, and they were like, all right, let's just put him away. Let's yeah. just put him away. Um. 
so, so does he get freed? Or is he dead before that? He does get freed later. Is it due to Bastille? What? So What? Let's see, let's go through. I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead. I'm let's sorry. I'm so excited. So he's in the Bastille. Really hard. Now, unfortunately the Von Sen uh was your classical like you get bread and water and a pad to live. The Bastille, I don't know why, but if you were rich, you could buy things to let people bring to you as a prisoner. Right. So in the Bastille, it still sucks. You're you're locked up and it's cold, but because he's still a noble and he has some money, he was able to get, you know, like when you see those pictures of like Al Capone's right, room. Right. I assume it's like that. He had it's like a bed and a rug and candles and shit like that. Books. Desk with books. Yeah. Yeah. So he's actually living pretty nice, but he does start to kind of go crazy, and he starts having these elaborate um, imaginations that he decides to write down. Okay. So he starts writing. <laughs> oh boy. And his writings are filled with. His lips were wet. With my semen. He reached over and grabbed the whip firmly. I knew what this meant. Joy was coming. The joy of blood. And then he brought his kids out. And I was like, oh, shit, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm thinking of like a 16-year-old writing like, shit, yeah. Well, that is – so uh, Desaad is transitioning now into what some people, I disagree, consider a philosopher-scholar. Okay. Now, as we've led up till now, uh, he's a sick man. Yeah. Um, a lot of people there's, who... There's definitely a difference between S&M and a fucking rapist. Yes. Yeah. And those lines get crossed for certain people. He was just far on the other side where he yeah. preferred it to be that uh, they were afraid. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is important to say, like, if, if you have any literary experience with the Marquis de Sade, you may not know his biographical stuff that... He did that shit. Yeah. So his writings were first letters that were both... Uh, extreme violence of imaginary violence against his mother-in-law, who he claimed locked him up. The system, the king, his family. Uh, I did. I didn't mention it's everybody else's fault, of course. Yes, uh, I didn't mention uh, a few years earlier. He did have two kids, two boys. He did. Yeah, I didn't mention it because they don't come up again, and he doesn't interact with them. Oh, okay. But he does write graphic violence against them in prison, and oh. then he also writes super graphic erotica about his wife to his wife. Okay. And, uh, she's gonna love this, which she was super pissed about because, you know, guards read all the letters. <laughs> oh my God. But this is just his beginning foray into being a writer. Um, because since he gets, uh, access to books and newspapers, he's learning that the, the revolution, the French revolution is happening. Right. It is the 17, the late 1770s. Behead. Behead them all. I mean, building up to that is a lot of philosophers like uh, Rousseau and Voltaire who were talking about what is morality and what do the aristocracy owe to the peasantry, etc. Yeah. What is rights, you know, all the shit that, that happens with that. And he decides that he's a philosopher too, because uh, of course he is. Yeah. And he starts writing his philosophy, which <laughs> from... What we know about him thus far, you could probably guess, it, it's, he calls it libertine, which is not too far off. Libertine? What's that? Well, like right now, if we use the word libertine, it means somebody who's into 
um, like really free, excessive sexuality. Right. You're very liberal with your. Yeah, you're liberal sex. with your sexuality. Yeah. Um, he used it in that context, but also politically and socially, in that he felt that. So his big thing is a. There's no god. Cool. Mm. Believing in God is a weakness. Morality is a social construct. I agree. Society has no right to establish morality through laws. I disagree. Well, to a point. Total freedom is absolutely required. No. Murder is fine because the universe doesn't care about you because there's no God. So we lose an anarchy. Suffering of others is not your problem. <laughs> uh, Selfishness. That type of thing. It's a sociopath. That's what like, I love. No empathy and no empathy for anybody. I love that there are there there are college courses about his philosophy about what is the excess of um, this this type of moral uh, freedom, and people talk about well he said there's no God so what he's talking about is where is the line of freedom and social responsibility when really he's a sociopath excusing his behavior. Look, I can agree with him. I don't believe in God either. And if you want to talk about what that means on a social level, I can go into that too. Sure, but. Was saying that no law should exist, everyone should be free to do whatever they want, including murder someone. And if that makes, you know, the family of the person I murder feel bad, it's not my problem. Like their feelings what? aren't my problem because there's there's no ultimate judge in the sky. Yeah. So their sadness is not my sadness. And their daughter See, crying the, while I murdered her, I enjoyed, <laughs> and I I like that I enjoyed. See, it. And I think that's what it's, it's, it's shitty because I've actually never really heard anyone personally and obviously I haven't heard him personally but I've never heard anyone who believes the same thing I do that there is no God who also thinks that well because none of this Take matters let's do whatever we feel like because yeah. that's that's what a lot of other people like to try to impose it, on I, us exactly yeah. but I'm always like no I feel like you should be nice to your fellow man especially religious people will say without a belief in God society becomes anarchy I disagree exactly that without a moral judge we'll all just be animals and Let's let's be honest. Most people who go to church don't actually believe in God. Uh, they believe in some aspect of it. Sure. But I don't think that people, their actions throughout the day aren't because of a fear of judgment by a God. It's because we're born with a natural empathy. Yeah. We are. We are. We do better communal, in societies. Tribal yeah. species. We, in for the most part, like to make each other smile more than cry. Yeah. So you don't run around and take a kid's ice cream cone and kick him in the face. Because you can. Right. You know, no, we're not all monsters. You just so. found a sociopath who also happens to be atheist, and those two things will make up the thing that other people want to impose on all atheism. Yes, where there's an extrapolation there where, like, uh, uh, Frederick Nietzsche was an atheist, and he had this whole philosophy about what the perfect person is. But he had a very staunch moral sense, even though he did think that morality is a construct. He said that you need to have a personal morality. Yeah. Well, the Nazis picked up on little bits that he said about, well, there's no God and there are supermen. So you can extrapolate any philosophy if you misread it. Sure. But you don't need to misread the Dasad. Read him correctly. He <laughs> is what he says. He's crazy. He's a fucking nutbag who... Is a, well, rape, a child so, rapist, an adult rapist, and... Yeah, he, he's a spoiled brat who's a sociopath perfect and he wants to excuse it because rousseau and voltaire are talking about moral philosophy <laughs> i'm a philosopher. i can do that too i can why not i have a pen <laughs> i have a quill i mean i'm in prison for my crimes but oh, fuck and this is where this was about the time well actually in the depth of all the rape parts where i was like why am i doing this episode <laughs> i fucking hate this guy yeah yeah 
I fucking hate this guy. It's, it's a bit rough. It's trying to make humor out of it. It's a little bit... Hopefully we haven't offended anybody. Uh, we're trying. Yeah, I don't know. We're trying on some level to uh, keep it... Let's keep it a little light. We've said many times, history is dark and we keep it light. Yeah. With ball jokes. And it's really hard to try to make rape humorous, so forgive us. It is hard. I, am I don't know hard. if you can, but... I, I am hard for rape. <sighs> And then you got to go the dark way. That's pretty much. I think that's the only option you got, and hope that everyone yeah realizes that's. Well, what's that's what's going fun on. is how often our show makes humor out of like dead kids. <laughs> because what else are you gonna do? <laughs> it's not a pleasant thing. It's dark. Yeah, those uh, kids are dead. <laughs> let's make you... a let's make a joke about it. Ah, let's eat their lunchables because they're dead. <laughs> no one else is gonna eat them. I want them to go bad. I don't. <laughs> Christ. Oh, this one has the skills in it. Yeah. Fuck, I'm glad that kid's dead. <laughs> so he also wrote a bunch of plays. Uh, he gets really into writing plays. Uh, most of his plays in prison. Plays? Yeah. He's really into playwriting. He wants, only... to, he wants to be a playwright and a philosopher. Is he it all to... sexual? Just tell me, like, is it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so later in life, he <laughs> writes plays that are pretty run-of-the-mill playwright. But in prison, it's full of sexual violence and a lot of incest i can only he oh, gets really okay. really into father daughter stuff and well, then and then bestiality of course so he's ahead of his time because like like porn it's like one of the like the huge <laughs> fucking things and like what every state in the united states has like a different uh yeah preference that someone calculated all the percentages like the porn hub uh, statistics and it was like yeah, yeah father daughter shit's like i don't remember what state alabama probably somewhere in the south I think it's everywhere Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. All but. I can tell you is, as a, a, you know, you go to Pornhub's front page. <laughs> and like I was saying earlier, there are videos that you pass because you're like, whoa. Those are piss and shit videos. <laughs> the really gross ones, like incest, are just everywhere. <laughs> There's a serious problem in our society that we haven't figured out yet. That right. The Marquis de Sade is totally it, stoked it, about. He was like, one day, <laughs> everyone's going to get this. I'm a genius. And he was. I like to think that the plays are just really poorly written though like he's trying to be deep and then also add in the sexual element but it's just like his father was rude to him so he was gonna get revenge <laughs> but first he had to go over here and fuck this girl because she was super cute and well, <laughs> he wanted to whip her and it's just like goes off trail and never talks about oh and then it was like super hot because she was like sweaty and they spit on each other and it's like awesome and then she was like oh this is the best you're the greatest marquee oh my Call god me daddy yeah, uh, they aren't great plays. Yeah, they are not considered good. Someone li- should read good literature. Someone should read, like you know, make them like like a podcast. Oh my god, not like a podcast, but like a live, like or not live, but like video too. We could find one of these and do that. That would. Uh, we'll just do it. Like, the violence itself might turn people off. I was gonna say, just whenever it gets to the sex scenes, we'll just do like the whole cheesy, like they throw a blanket over them, and then someone just comes over, <laughs> voice, and be like, he hit her and whipped her and. A whole bunch of horrible shit. The father is now inserting his penis into the daughter <laughs> and inseminating her. The yeah. daughter is excited. End scene. Yeah, this is probably a horrible idea. It sounds awful now that we're going through it. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, so he spends a long time in prison um, building himself up about what a genius philosopher he is and a literary genius he is. Sure. He already sounds like he's uh, got a huge ego and then left by himself. Yeah. Just let him have his own thoughts about how great he is, I guess. That's what he does. Um, he writes a bunch of shit. He writes the outlines for a bunch of books he releases later. 
Um, I'll talk about those later because I kind of just want to get through the historical shit and then we can talk about his books. Okay. Um, but in the Bastille is, yeah, he uh, knows that the revolution is coming. This is the Bastille of the Bourbon oppression. I can't believe he was in there. I can't believe we're talking about somebody who was in there, and it was well, this guy of all people that was in there. Here's what you got to get, and you're not actually going to believe this. Okay. This is true. Oh, my God. I can't wait. There were protesters outside the Bastille, <laughs> pre like the revolution breaking, where right. they were just out there like, political prisoners are wrong, fuck the king. So knowing current events, uh, Marquis de Sade picks up what in English can be... Uh, roof, roof, roughly translated as a slop scoop. You almost said roofie. That was like a Freudian slip. You know what a Freudian slip is, right? Yeah, it's when you so try when you to say, say one thing and you say your mother. mother. God damn it. That was bizarre. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, it's it's a, you know probably a well-known joke, but uh, I heard it for the first it's time It's one of my favorite day. jokes. It's so good. It's okay, I'm jokes. so sorry. But um, you did almost say roofie. Sounded like. Well, yeah. If roofies were around, this yeah, guy, he would have a Pez dispenser of them. And he'd hand them out to kids. <laughs> hey kids, look at my look at my Mandalorian. Have a candy. Yeah, so sorry, you were saying it roughly translates to what? Slop scoop. So what is slop it's scoop? like a funnel shape that you piss and shit into, so that you can get into a bucket uh, to move the slop out of your cell. Oh, okay, so this isn't okay, it's basically like, a funnel. Okay, I was like, he invented this while he's in prison. No. Is that some sort of weird sex? I uh, just don't know the French word for it, but it's essentially he shit into it yeah. to shit into a bucket so it didn't spray all over the walls. <laughs> okay. I don't know if he cleaned it off, but he hoisted himself up to the window to the gathering crowds, used his slop scoop to uh, elevate on. his voice, and said, Help us, help us. They're going to kill us. Well, we don't deserve this. You guys are right. You're correct. The, <laughs> the revolution is perfect. You're beautiful. Help me. Help me. They're going to kill us. And he did this day after day after day until the king and the, or the, uh, the guards said, let's move him out. He's only making the protesters more excited. Right. So they actually moved him to an insane asylum that's just a little off of Paris. It was nine days later after this, the Bastille was stormed. So he wasn't in there? No. Okay. okay. But he is attributed to helping being the person who incited the storming. Because oh my God. they felt like storming it, but it was when he came out with his goddamn shit cone. Do it. And said, Storm they're going to kill us. Help. You're like, we can't just let them die in there. There are probably good people in there. Oh, my God. The Marquis de Sade, the, the sexual uh, revolutionary. <laughs> Same way we are. The philosopher? I read about him. He said there's no God and I can kill people. <laughs> awesome. Let's go kill everyone. Anarchy in the UK. Oh, God. <laughs> I know it's on the UK, but I just had to say the quote. Yeah, but revolutionary thought is a disease. <laughs> it is. Down with them all. Down with everybody. Um, so uh, moving into his insane asylum, he lost most of the manuscripts he was working on in the Bastille. Uh, he had managed to smuggle a few of them out through the mail to Rene over the years, but as far as he knew that all of his writings that he was so excited about, about incest and bestiality, <laughs> were destroyed, and he was heartbroken. They were destroyed? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. How do we know about them? Just he talked about them? He rewrote them, and his most notorious one was actually refound, which is kind of a fun story. Wow. Yeah. Um, so he's in this uh, insane asylum, and it's here that even during the revolution, once the, the king was killed, 
Um, he was released from his insane asylum because the revolutionary court decided that the lettres de cachets no longer applies. I mean, to be fair, right? The marquis did need to be in prison, but the king saying you're in here just because is seems unfair. So then so maybe they, relook at your. They waived that. Did he go back to trial or anything? Did they even look into that? No, no. they just cut him loose. Like, so fifty year old now luck. fat, pale Dassad just walks out of an insane asylum without any escort. Walks into Paris to try and find his lawyer to figure out what's going on. Finds out that. After the revolution, his wife, Renee, has decided to divorce him, and all of his properties have been destroyed because the peasants are like... They destroyed everything, yeah. ...up with revolution. So now he's broke. Revolution. Pointless, and all of his uh, violent pornography has been destroyed. So he doesn't have super much of a future. <laughs> so he does end up hooking up with a lady named Mary Constance. Uh, he lives in France, or sorry, Paris. And weirdly, the revolutionaries are trying to set up a government after they just destroyed the government. Of course. The revolutionary court and, and the bureaucratic stuff. They actually hit him up because he was the guy in the Bastille with the shit cone <laughs> and said, we know that you're an intellectual and you can write. And a lot of these people didn't even know how to read and write. Right. He became a significant member of the revolutionary what? because he could read and write. <laughs> oh, my God. He wrote pamphlets for them. <laughs> and he recorded their uh, their courts and stuff for them. And they actually considered him an important part of the revolution until he became a judge on the Revolutionary oh Court. Oh, my God. you yeah. got to be kidding me. Yeah. I can only see these pamphlets being like, we got to make a new government. We come together as people. We fuck each other in the ass. That's now law. It's awesome. You guys should try it. And uh, also, the king and queen are dead, so fuck them. Has anyone pulled out Marie Antoinette's body? Like, could we fuck it? I just want to. I just want to ask. I've never fucked a headless woman before. Have you? God, it would be awesome. I mean, uh, we should. I mean, maybe. <laughs> Can I be maybe. a judge? I'd like to be a judge. And everybody was like stoked about that. Hey, fine, you can be a judge. You can write. Good enough for me. That's that's all that qualifies. It's just so fucking. It's so help us make the new government people time to me. <laughs> it sounds fucking fictional. Because it's so funny. he's 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 a hundred percent aristocratic nobleman. And he still has those beliefs. He still believes he's better than these people. Which is what they're against. Yes. But because he lost it all through being a giant, creepy psycho, yeah. then is in the prison they overrun, they see him as a symbol of their struggle, and he's just like, Sure, yeah. Yep. I totally get your guys' thing. You got, hey, you know who the heroes are? The real heroes are you guys. Nah. Great job. Don't touch, don't come near me. Don't touch me. That's a personal thing. It's not because... You're disgusting. And you smell bad. Although you should meet me over in the back real quick. Revolutionary buttholes. Let's a, go. Do you have a whip on you by any chance? What are the chances of that? You know, we could just make, rip some cloth. We'll figure it out. Don't worry. It's just Here's the thing. I've been in prison for like like 16 years. I just need to be whipped and sodomized so bad. You get it, right? This is the revolution. For freedom. It's for the revolution. We have the freedom to do what we want. He's in the streets like, there's no king. We all get butt sacks. <laughs> all of us. Quickly. Come, quickly. And everyone's like, no one's, no one's saying that. No, yeah, I know. I, that's what I said. I said we're not into it. That's what I said. Unless you want to. Unless you change your mind. But I can write. You guys have any, have any <laughs> use for that? Let me just pull this pen you out of my ass. You can't write. I can look at you and tell you can't write. Pull this, uh, did you just pull that pen out of your asshole? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where do you store yours, freak? Oh, you don't write? Oh. Oh, yeah. You're real oh, smart. Weird. Oh, what a smart revolution you dickheads have. God, let me Anyway, let the smart aristocrat handle this for you. So how far does he get as a judge? Pretty far. Um, <laughs> Naturally. Yeah, they actually uh, let him be. So the Revolutionary Court is the ones who are deciding who gets to be guillotined. And here's the irony. <sighs> This fucking asshole who's been spending decades talking about... First my my mother-in-law and then gotta, my ex-wife. Got a killer, got a killer. Uh, bitches. Unnamed prostitutes that I still think he probably killed at some point. <laughs> and the other ones that he attempted. During the Revolutionary Court, he got squeamish. What? What do you mean? He didn't... He, he publicly said, I'm against capital punishment. And I don't, I don't feel comfortable sending people to have their heads cut off. So what did everybody else react with? That Skepticism. They're like, obviously, he's not part of the true revolution. And, like, and some side eyes returned mm, to him. I can smell the richness Which on you. I love, like, I don't know if it's that he would, he said, don't kill these people because he had a fear that they will kill him at some point for being former nobility. Or if he's just a fucking edgelord and, like, all that. I'm the only one that gets to kill people, like, yes. after I rape them. That, like, you're saying I can't rape them? Then they don't kill them. What's the point? Yeah, like, it's not fun if someone dies if I'm not also coming into their ass while they take their last breath. Yeah. What's what's even the point of murder? <laughs> what are we doing here? You guys don't understand it. You don't get it. Yeah. You fucking peasants. And that's what is so great is that, I mean, so there, during all this shit, there's the, uh, it's called the September and August massacres in which a lot of people are murdered in the streets and mutilated. Um, I don't, I don't know if I wrote her name down. It was, uh, the revolution. It was messy. Princess de la Ball, I think is how it's pronounced. It was the supposed, maybe, uh, Marie Antoinette's, uh, uh, lesbian attachment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that may or may not have actually been lesbian. Yeah. She was dragged into the streets and her vagina was mutilated. Yeah. Uh, Why? Be- because of this suspected homosexuality mm. that was attached to nobility. And uh, even though I, I feel that at this point, one of his short stories probably involved cutting up a labia. Seeing it in person, he was like, oh, it sucks to see it in person because I'm not doing it. <laughs> I don't like when I, somebody else does it. I don't like it when it's Well, real. they get all the fun. I don't like it when it's real. That's awful. Ugh. So, yeah. I mean, during all this time, uh, there is the guy who I don't know a ton about, uh, but he's pretty important in Revolution, Maximilian Robespierre. Robespierre. Okay. He kind of yeah. takes over the revolution right before Napoleon does, and he's very, very stoked on violence about clean slate. Murder basically anyone that we think is anti-revolution and start ground up. And it's Robespierre who created, like, I don't know what they call it, but it's where, like, 2,000 people were guillotined in, the, in a matter say, of a couple of months. This is where, yeah, I was going to say, this is where everybody fucking dies. Like, and anyone who tried to take control, yeah. they usually died. And then somebody else tried to take control after that, and then they would die. And then yeah. murder a whole bunch of people along the way. Just Which is exactly what happened in Robespierre. So Robespierre was a judge with uh, Desaad at the same time. It was Desaad constantly being like... I don't think they need to be guillotined. I don't, I, you know, I think maybe we should just put them in jail or something. That Robespierre was like, this guy's a fucking traitor. Yeah. And it was Robespierre who said, let's gather up a company and arrest Desaad and kill him for being a traitor. Shit. 
So he's taken to a former covent, like a nunnery type of thing. So the irony being that he might have not wanted to kill people because he was afraid that they would eventually come for him. And by not wanting to kill people, they're they like, did. we don't come for trust you, so yeah. you're dead. And it's through Robespierre that, uh, yeah, about 1,800 people, at least according to Desaad, he said he feels like he saw over 1,000 people be guillotined outside of his cell while waiting to be guillotined. I think that's probably probably right. Yeah, just endless Everybody blood Everybody was heads. just dying. Yeah, everyone's getting guillotined. And it, it wasn't until uh, the public started to kind of get grossed out about, like, I think they call it Robespierre's reign of terror where they were like we can't kill everyone right where he was then was then uh guillotined as well which is kind of also how that goes yeah <laughs> we're, we're not gonna keep murdering people so we're gonna murder you let's murder the guy whose idea was to murder everyone yeah and then start over and then maybe murder some more yeah. this is gonna work out <laughs> i mean i don't know man I, I don't know a ton about the french revolution but it does sound like literally the way it's described with like blood in as a, almost like a small creek yeah. running through the streets is probably somewhat accurate. <laughs> yeah, I think I think even before <clears throat> Napoleon, there was the revolution, and it was just dude, everyone was getting murdered. Uh, yeah, mostly nobility, mostly people trying to take control after that. And then Napoleon, when he was off on his conquests, I think people were still going through like like a second form of revolution. Yeah. Because I think someone did take charge for a little bit. I'm going to have to go back. I mean, it's been well, a while. That's the thing about revolutions is, yeah, they're, they're usually led by s- some, like, one or a small handful of fucking psychos. Mm. And then it gets too bloody and everyone kind of dethrones them. And then it's another psycho is in charge until you find some kind of balance. Yeah. And it takes a long time. I mean, you know, Decades. the American Revolution is watered down. But the truth of it is quite bloody. That's just how it works. Yeah. You got to die to get something new. It's, it's how life works quite beautiful poetic that's why i like i i grow a lot of flowers i have a little small garden in my backyard and i just bleed on them because i feel like that's what uh that's what my christian god would want Mm. and the plants die they don't do well (laughs) so i bleed on them more i'm like you take the blood and the strength you sound like a philosopher you should write this down i should i'm god damn it that's such a smart thought i just had i am so smart well, uh, Desaad uh, actually avoids the guillotine within days. It was, it was because Robespierre wanted him killed. He was dethroned and beheaded instead. And so the reformed court took over and said, I don't, I don't know who you are. You're a former judge. You write shit down for us, I guess. Robespierre wanted you to have you dead, so we're going to cut you loose. And well, he locks out a bunch. Yeah, he, he quits the revolution. Uh, he buys or gets he, he's broke and all his properties are gone yeah he has a small home with his new wife constance and her son from a different situation and uh it's just an old man now who uh lives in a small home he he writes philosophy and essays and he tries to write plays and get them produced and that doesn't really work out does his poor wife have to go through <laughs> the shit that other women have had to go through with him that's what's weird is that there's no indication that he was sexually violent by this point. That he, I mean, he's like in his 60s. He lost his energy, lost yeah. his mojo. He lost his mojo where he married like a nice, humble lady and decided to just, just hang it up. It's like a lot of those serial killers who like get away with it. By the time they're in their 50s, they're just dads. Yeah. <laughs> and it's creepy. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, who was that? There was somebody like their daughter 
like wrote? Um, BTK. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. She has like a whole Christian interpretation of her life. And then uh, James D'Angelo, the Golden State Killer, has a daughter. And he, as far as anyone knows, he didn't abuse her. Yeah. I don't know how that psychology works. But that's that's where the marquee is now. He's just a middle-aged guy trying to be a a philosopher and a writer. He actually um, releases a bunch of books, which like I said, I'll talk about. But there's mostly, there's one called The Philosophy of the Boudoir. Uh, there's one called Juliet, and there's one called Justine. They are full of insane violence. Uh, and he actually he actually publishes them anonymously to not get caught, but everybody... They're like, who else Who else would write this? They know who it is. They're like, yeah. He's an idiot where he thinks, like, <laughs> he'll never know. I'm so smart. All right. Uh, let's see. Who wrote it? Not Marquis. <laughs> Genius. Uh-huh. Genius. No, 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 no. It says it's not by me. No, what do you mean it was me? It wasn't me. It says not. God, don't read. You peasants don't know how to read. Sorry, let a nobleman explain to you. Not me. Oh, your your daughter's hot. <clears throat> what is she, six? Jesus. <laughs> what do you take for her? Um, so, it's like when people have a file on their computer that says not porn. <laughs> <laughs> do not open. Definitely not pornography. <laughs> definitely not shocking pornography. Um. So he, he's about 60 years old, balding, and fat nah. when Napoleon becomes the first consul. And Napoleon, uh, don't know a ton about him. We'll do an episode someday. But he's apparently quite tough moralist. His uh, vision of France is heavy Christian morality. Yeah. And when word came down that there is this former revolutionary who is writing extremely violent uh, pornography and releasing it anonymously uh, and was in prison for similar crimes. It's actually uh, Napoleon who says, you're going back to prison, bro. You crazy bastard. Yeah. Uh, at this point, Desaad has spent almost about half of his life in prison, and now he's going back at <laughs> 60 years old. Um, it's like, it says not written by me. Uh, what are you guys not getting? How do you not understand? <laughs> he says... Let me try again. Let me try again. I'm Marquis de Sade. Not. That's, that could be anybody. That could be anybody. Pro- prove it was me. Okay, I'll prove it. Uh, will you sign this right here? Sure. Did you just pull that pen out of your ass? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Going to jail. They got me again. Never store the pen in your ass. Um. So, uh, yeah, he actually goes to what's essentially an insane asylum. And we have said this many times before. The Marquis uh, de Sade has gotten away with things out of sheer fucking luck right. several times. And he gets it again. Are you kidding me? At the time, insane asylums were places where you tie people up and you beat them until they're sane. Right. Yeah. Like, What's wrong with you? Just figure it out, stupid. You're going to sit here and shit your pants until you talk right. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. You shit your pants until you talk right. What's well, our episode on Nelly? Nelly Bly. Exactly. Yeah. And that was in the 20th century. I was going to say, that was in the end. So the beginning of the idea of not doing that is uh, widely, partly attributed to this man named Felipe Pinal. He was the doctor at the asylum that Desaad was in where his thought was, let's treat him nice. Which is a bummer for him because he's like, you're going to take me to a place where I'm going to get hit? Oh my <laughs> God, this is, you guys are, yeah. oh no, don't take me there. That's terrible. Oh, no. Are you going to hit me, yeah. Daddy? 
Like, what? And then, <laughs> then he gets a doctor's like, I think we should treat people nicely. <laughs> God damn it! No, we need to treat people nicely because this guy is freaking me out. <laughs> Holy shit. I hit him and he's like smiling and like, hit me. Yeah. Oh, hit me. All right, we're treating people nice from now on. I don't like no. this. We're stopping. This is, oh my God, I, I have to go see my family. <laughs> I can't be here. I think like what Nellie Bly witnessed, uh, yeah, is what Marquis uh, fantasizes about. Yeah. Yeah. But he got away with extreme violence for what most uh, mentally ill patients dealt with at the time. Uh, but he was in this hospital called uh, the, I think it's in Charenton or Carenton. Hmm. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, he spends the rest of his life in this uh, insane asylum. He's uh, partially blind, suffers from gout. He kind of never shut the fuck up about what a genius he is <laughs> uh, and kept writing to Napoleon and tell him about what a cultural hero he is and needs to be released from prison, and luckily Napoleon never agreed. Uh, he did spend the rest of his time like writing plays and directing them with the other inmates as the actors. Oh, boy. Which I think, if you had a time machine, would probably be great to oh see. Oh my god! Uh, there is a movie based on that concept called uh, Marat Dash Sod that is apparently just about the insanity of this situation that this <laughs> yeah sociopath is having insane inmates play in his plays about incest and bestiality. I don't know. It sounds like this happened in real life. <laughs> I can't even explain what this sounds like. This is pretty insane. Um, the last great thing he did as you probably expect he did at the age of 68 years old his uh the maid that was assigned to him in his asylum oh god get out of there maid run had a 13 year old daughter no and i don't know the maid decided that because desaad was a, a nobleman she was fine with it and so desaad took what? a 13 year old mistress at 68 years old, oh my god! Uh, she would sit on his lap while he read his philosophy to her, and then they would have sex. So what he a dumb fuck woman. What the fuck? <sighs> he did die. Uh... So let me get this straight. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before yeah. we move on. No, please. I don't know what to do with it. So this this nurse who's taking care of essentially a, a mentally ill person who's insane, has a huge ego, brags about it. I don't belong here. By the way, we should whip each other and have sex. <laughs> you have a 13-year-old daughter, and she's like, that seems like a good idea. This person who's in prison has been imprisoned yeah. and is now in a mental facility. Let's give my 13-year-old to him. Like, that poor 13-year-old had a dumb fuck mother. Oh, my God. I don't know. I like, hate people. Thinking that, like, this woman's probably very poor. He's a nobleman. I'm sure he lies about his wealth. And as much as it sucks to say, uh, 13 might have been, like, some age of maturity to them at the time. I don't know. Either yeah. way, it is still pedophilia. Still ped... Still ped... Still ped... <laughs> still pedophilia and fucked up. Yeah. Of course. Uh, clearly. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think that we can expect any less from the man. That his last move is to... Uh, Jump on a 13-year-old. Talk a, a mother in some desperate situation into giving her uh, underage daughter to him for him to... So stupid. Oh, my God. The story is... Uh, yeah, this old bastard definitely oh. got us. Got to us. Oh, my God. Well, he does die. I don't know how. Uh, Good. Nothing I read could sure. indicate, but, you know, probably your regular shit. 74 years old. 
uh, December the 2nd of 1814. So, uh, I'll give you the last bits of his uh, his uh, life here. Here's what's fun. Um, this is a positive episode. This is good. This is. I feel like we had fun. It's just the weight. So, I think your experience, what I experienced doing the research, where the, the weight of pedophilia and rape gets to it's you a bit, it's a bit heavy where you can you can play it off for a while but the weight of it oh, yeah. where you're like oh man after this i'm gonna go <laughs> i'm gonna go call my parents <laughs> yeah i need to go sit down for a while after this episode just kind of I, I think i joke too much about rape i want to go watch something wholesome and then i don't feel good about the thing in general yeah it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> what? I thought it was almost over. Well, he's dead. It's just... All right. Here, here's what's great uh, and awful. So the cemetery he was buried in, for some reason, had to be removed. You know, sometimes they, like, dig up cemeteries and move the whole thing for, like, a shopping complex or whatever. <laughs> right, a mall. All right. But this is only a few years after his death, like, in the 1830s. And somebody took his skull. And because of the notoriety around him... Uh, because by this point, he's the Marquis de Sade. He wrote all that crazy shit. He was in the revolution. Somebody wanted his skull. So they sent it to a phrenologist. who We've talked about it a few times. They study skull shapes and the, what they thought that meant for your personality. It's all bullshit, yeah. It's, the, it's definitely a bullshit. pseudoscience. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they didn't know whose skull they had or, or if this was a, a point they were making. Uh, uh, a cast mold was made of his skull. And it passed all the phrenological signatures for being a man of benevolence and faith. Uh. And was used in phrenology courses as the perfect example of a devout religious person. Which is funny because if it actually had any validity, they would be like, this is the perfect skull. Not realizing that it's like, oh, yeah, no, this was like the worst person ever. Yeah, like the worst person ever. Their skull was used to demonstrate the perfect person in a fake science. Yeah, makes all that that all makes sense with what that is that fake science. So people time has made me even more jaded than I was before. <laughs> but here's what's even better: um, after he died, the name Marquis de Sade, because all their properties were gone, there was no Marquis de Sade. His sons slowly built up the name again. They were decent kids. There is a new Marquis de Sade. Hmm. They didn't call themselves that for a long time because of the reputation, but the most recent Hugh de Sade hmm. does go by Marquis de Sade. He's alive right now. And Weird. can you guess what he does? S sexy stuff. He sells de Sade brand wine, Marquis de Sade brand scented candles, and casts of the Marquis de Sade skull for 2,500 euros. That's fucking weird why because that's what royal people do right <laughs> you gotta capitalize on that shit they're I guess. they're Jesus. ugly pieces of shit and i agree with cutting their heads off but they just exploit whatever they can to get away with it in fact uh in an interview i read from a couple of years ago the current marquis de sade hugh tried to set up a marquis de sade line of victoria's secret lingerie okay and luckily victoria's secret like passed no, on that. No, thank you. Well, we want it to. We want it to be blood colored and have it say, "Daddy's little cum whore." Yeah, thirteen year old here's only. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I understand that that's off putting to you, but my family's tradition is violent incest, and I feel the need to stand up for it. 
I need you, Victoria's Secret, to agree with me. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that's the great irony. Uh, the last bit I have here is we've, I've only talked about it, but not in depth, that his enduring legacy are his books. Sure. It's the only reason people still know he exists. In fact, all this violence that I just gave you is actually somewhat obscure. Most of the talk about him in any capacity is a philosophy ca- class, a literature class, uh, where people are like, what is the extent of atheism and nihilism? What is the extent of human violence? What is uh, sociopathy, et cetera, et cetera? All right. Um, which I should say before getting into that, like we said before, uh, one of the very first books of psychology um, was by a guy named, I actually don't know his first name, but he signed the book Kraft Ebbing. And it's like the first book, it's called Institutionalized Psychopathia, Sexualis. It's one of the first books about psychology and sexual definitions. It's sort of what becomes like Freudianism. Sure, yeah. He took Desaad's uh, legacy of sexual violence and said that his definition of sadism is an aberration of debauchery, monstrous and antisocial, a system which revolts against nature sexually. So... And that's where sadism comes from. Is he the one who... He coined is, it. He's the one who coined it yeah. off of... Okay. Yeah, where he was like, what defines this type of... And I think he was defining it more than we even define sadism. Like, sadism right now is like enjoying causing pain to others, but the original definition is that it's tied in with sexuality, but then, of course, as debauch as you can get. Yeah. Like, what would be great is is fucking a kid that you're related to add violence and then Poop curse and god and then shit on him yeah shit on the kid make the kid shit on you punch the kid uh take all their toys come on the toys rip up the bible shove the toys in your ass while ripping up the bible and then say have the kid recite uh something from the bible and then spit on him and some little feet stuff just to cap it off yeah just a little foot stuff like, cut the kid's feet Seriously, off it's and crazy then eat them and then throw the kid in the river. I just don't know, like, maybe because I'm not, like, into, like... You're not a psychopath. S- <laughs> well, I was to say, because I'm not into, like, S&M kind of shit. Yeah. I imagine the people that are into S&M, like, there's probably certain points and parts that they like. But it's like this guy was all the things. Like, just whatever yeah. whatever people don't normally want to do, I want to add that in. So throw up on me, fucking... Well, it's things like... like All the stuff. I think it's not... Uh, strange or an aberration to say that regular people in sex spanking pulling hair you know pinching a nipple right we don't want to hurt each other yeah that's the thing there are certain brains that are like no that's fun sure and i think that's like an an extension of uh some animalistic instinct that if you're the the desaad or some other like ted bundy piece of shit you feel empowered by that right you know? and, and obviously you've taken it way too far. A little too far, bro. A little too far with the kid stuff. Just a couple hundred notches. Look, lying to a prostitute and then sodomizing her. I get it. <laughs> We've all been there. But don't... don't Hiring fuck. a chambermaid and tying her to the bed and raping her. Nah. A little far. Little, yeah. Well... No, it's bad. Okay, yeah, a yeah. little far. Now, kid stuff. Knock it off. Never, never. Knock it off, yeah. buddy. Knock it off. And that's what's so strange is that, like, today in age, we see, you know, we all knew a kid in high school who was, like, an asshole, and someone's like, ah, I think he's a rapist. And you're like, ah, what a fucking asshole, right? Yeah. And then we have pedophiles. We see these as, like, different, like, different levels of extremity. 
Desaad saw it all the same. Yeah. Well, he, he seriously sounds like a, a sociopath. Kid shitting on a person, being being sodomized, are the same to him because it's all just falls into the word debauchery. Right. It's sort of a weird. I mean, it makes sense because like the very beginning or near the beginning when you're saying like it, was, it sounds kind of almost like he just wants to do something just for the sake of blasphemy. Yeah. Like the, his first victim, we know of that. He just got off on the idea that it was an aberration. Yeah. You're not supposed to, but I'm Which, gonna. But that's what I I love atheists who then talk about being against God. You're not an atheist if you're talking about God, period. Well, God doesn't exist. No, so, God doesn't have an opinion. So when he was like, I don't believe in God, I'm going to make God upset. Like, yeah. Well, clearly you're an idiot. Yeah. Anyway. I'm going to give you a little rundown of his books just to give you an idea. Uh, so his probably his biggest book, well, second biggest book is called Justine. Uh the misfortunes of virtue not uh yeah sorry is it named after someone specifically justine is just a re- he has a couple of recurring characters that are women um justine eileen uh and juliet are just names that he reuses over and over again i don't know if they're people he knew they sound so hot they're like the best hookers he ever had Ugh. they're probably his victims yeah who are buried in a mosh or a marsh in france that nobody knows about right but here's what's fun his books are as insane as you think they are. So Justine, or The Misfortunes of Virtue, uh, was banned in France <laughs> and the world. It was not widely published until 1930. It was snuck around in certain circles around before that. But it's about young and virtuous Justine, who goes out of the world and is abducted by, some homosexu- by a homosexual couple. They try to convince her to kill one of the man's ants, because they hate the ant. Uh, she refuses, so they beat her and think that they've beat her to death. She gets up and runs into a doctor to help uh, her. So wounds. wait, they're willing to beat someone nearly to death, but they won't go kill their own aunt. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. This, go on. This is literature. Right. I don't understand the uh, conflict. No, course. this is yeah. deeper than us. Yeah. <laughs> There's classes about this. I'm an idiot. She goes to a doctor to help with her wounds, who then uh, swiftly tortures her because he tortures young women. He actually ties them to beds to study their reaction to pain. At one point, she tries to release a younger girl from this torture because she's a nice person. And the doctor brands her with a, 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 a metal thing. Hot, hot brand. Hot brand to uh, brand her as a thief. So she runs away to an abbey full of monks, thinking, religious people will help me. And they say, of course we will. So quickly, they take her into a basement that were full of uh, mutilated young women. And the monks take turns raping and torturing her for, for many, many months. She finally escapes. And runs out onto the road and finds her sister uh, Justine. Or, sorry, her sister Juliet. Mm. Thank God. She tells her whole story to her sister Juliet. And her sister says, great, I'll help you. And then lightning strikes and kills Justine dead. Is that how it ends? Yeah, that's the story. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a whole novel. You know, That's I, a novel. The only thing I could think of to even discuss this in psychology is trying to understand the idea that this crazed man <laughs> clearly understands some form of idea at least by watching other people that his yeah. main character is supposed to be a good person and understands that they're doing good acts and other people are doing something harmful and they're trying to run away yeah. like understanding that and trying to dive into that aspect of so he did this to women knowing they probably wanted to escape but he didn't give a fuck because yeah that's he's doing his thing and everybody in the world sucks except for this one person that's the big that's just crazy man. duality is that i'm with you and that these are elaborate fantasies that he has 
and he he frames them like literature because he's a psycho. Yeah, and he wants to probably be considered like brilliant and validated by. Yes, but it's really just. It's really just insane there nonsense. There are people who also, say what a terrible ending. What a fucking idiot. There are people who say that this is brilliant writing because they say that Justine represents the uh, French uh, uh, proletariat. French proletariat. What do you mean? The regular working people, the peasants, okay. the non-royals, and that Justine just getting fucked in the ass, getting fucked and, over. and tortured. So she was first fucked by the homosexuals, which I yeah yeah and then and then tortured by a doctor so you can't trust the system sure tortured by monks you can't trust religion okay you go out on the street and you survive and she gets killed immediately you can't trust god either so people say that this is like a poetic thing and i get Uh, that he probably did frame it like that on purpose but he made it about extreme sexual violence because he was definitely jerking off to it right like this is not literature this is a sick man uh who can't not think about tying people up and cutting them i yeah yeah i also i was expecting juliet to then be like don't worry i'll help you and then she fucks him o- her over and then it just continues on forever Juliet's... like you can't even trust your sister actually that would have been better because juliet's story is bonkers too i was gonna say and then, then you get the inbreeding that he wanted to put in there i'm sure anyway sorry go on oh my god there's so much inbreeding there's so much incest <laughs> in his stuff yeah i read a lot of his stuff that just made me bummed out <laughs> Sorry. because it's bad writing too i'm glad you did the research on this and on me because it's already it's already heavy listening to it i, I know it's that much more when you're doing the research because it's way more hours involved it's heavy man so and then there's the funny thing is i didn't want to read it so a lot of this i did uh audiobooks yeah. just listening to while working oh my just god listening to like extreme violence against how kids. was your day that day bad <laughs> i tried to quit smoking that week oh, and no. it did not work <laughs> It's um, a terrible day to pick to quit smoking. His most uh, popular book while he was alive is one called Eileen and Valcor. It's your basic uh, gothic story where Eileen is a young woman who's in love with Valcor. He's poor, so her father says no, so she commits suicide. But the bulk of the story is about travelers in Africa who run into um, the African natives who are rapists and cannibals. And there's a lot of, like, there's one kingdom... Uh, where a man uses slave girls for all of his furniture. Yeah. And he, like, cooks the slave girls and eats them. And there's this one uh, European woman who realizes that she's going to be killed, so she does blackface. But then the king sees her white ass and decides that a white ass is better than a black ass, so he sodomizes her. Hmm. And what's the philosophical enlightenment in that writing? I think it's the same thing. Um, Africans are savages, and young love is pure. Hmm. People think this shit's smart. Like his actual, they actually. Yeah, there are legitimate philosophers who are into this, hmm. which bums me out. Philosophers like he was. Okay. Yeah. Philo- okay. Philosopher in quotations. Right. Um. Yeah. Juliet is uh, the next one. Uh, it was published in 1791. Juliet is the opposite of Justine. So they are sisters. Justine is the pure one who's tortured. Juliet is a lesbian psychopath who's essentially Marquis de Sade is a lesbian. He, so Juliet in the book engages in several chapters worth of lesbian orgies that are not well described, but she does sleep with one woman whose clitoris is so large that she can sodomize other women with it. Oh, okay. She dies later. It's fine. 
the, okay. the best part of this story is that Juliet gets stuck in a mansion that is uh, uh, owned by a giant Russian, as he's described, named Mitski. Mitski has thousands of slave girls who are, again, literature, literal furniture. Uh, Mitski likes to burn them with hot dishes. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he was a fucking... I think he was killing people. I think he did kill a few people. I, that's two books. <clears throat> Where do you come people up? People are furniture. Like, yeah, put the like, lotion on the skin or it gets the hose again. It's a weird fantasy because... So Mitski has live... Mitski's thing is live underage virgins. And they have to be his couch and his table and his table or his uh, dishes. So like a young girl's a dish. And he makes sure, sure you're that, a plate now. Yeah. And he puts hot food on them and he, he loves that they're burned. Sure. And then he okay. eats them. And uh, Juliet has a... Yeah, the hot food is another girl that was a... That was... A bookshelf at one time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's a whole mansion full of this. Uh, Juliet's traveling companion decides to have sex with Mitski, but because he's gi- he's a giant Russian, he fucks her to death. And right at his climax, he pulls a lever that kills 16 different girls in all fun, creative ways. One of them gets stabbed, and one of them, um, like, rocks fall on her. <laughs> and another one has her head cut off all at once through one lever. Um which really is the best way to get off. <laughs> if, if, you, <laughs> right. if you think of yeah. all things, of all the ways to... I just want to see a bunch of people die in a whole bunch of different ways right when I get off. That's okay. That's the greatest. That's the most cum you're ever going to experience. And what, what it really means is the person that was stabbed represents... Okay, you don't get it. So it represents society. And the person who had a rock dropped on their head, that represents the weight of the world. Yeah. That every man has to bear. And so each one is, these are all different things that mankind wow. have to deal with. This is deep. That are slowly killing us. And eventually really will kill us one day. While someone's jerking off their dead body. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah well, no, God, I, I, that represents God. He doesn't care. He's just, uh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, I'll get my, my sperm all over oh, these dead virgins. This is killing you. That uh. sucks. Huh? Oh, that's so funny for me. I'm hungry. So I'm going to go eat a girl yeah. off another girl. <clears throat> Juliet definitely uh, stretches that argument that it's a metaphor. Because yeah. that book is insane. <laughs> yeah. Because it ends, she leaves Mitski's castle, gets pregnant in Italy. Uh, the guy who gets her pregnant decides that they should have sex, like cut the baby out of her stomach, Ugh. eat the baby, and then have sex while eating the baby. He's a serial killer rapist. And then they poison a town well. And the book ends. <laughs> of course. Like, Where's fuck everyone. the metaphor? Fuck everybody. That's what it is. Some people just want to see the world burn. I mean, that's true. Like, <laughs> how do you better end a book than eat your own child <laughs> while fucking the husband while poisoning a well? <laughs> I'm out. I'm uh, out. How do these books survive? Damn. The only I reason think... I can think of is like, this is the weirdest shit. I, I've got to save this to I show really, my friends. I really is... do think that they, they, they survive being unpublished and like, around certain circles because they're bananas you gotta check this this guy is insane read like, this you will not believe this is re- i didn't write this this, this is, is this is bonkers <laughs> so the last one uh that is uh the one that he has the most um fame for is called hundred days of solitude so hundred days of solitude was the book that he wrote in the bastille right before it was taken over sure and this is often considered his magnum opus he was not supposed to be writing in the Bastille, 
So it was actually written up the pen in with his ass. So what can you do? I think that's what he did. <laughs> and he would take scraps of paper and seal them together until he made one long scroll. I believe it was 39 feet long. Holy shit. Of a scroll that every night after he was done writing in it, he would roll it up tightly and shove it into this little crevice in the rocks. And that's actually the only reason it survives, because after the Bastille was taken over, somebody found it in the wall. Shit. He thought that it was destroyed. Um, <clears throat> I was really sad about it. But somebody found it. It passed hands over many, many years, and was eventually, the original was found in like the 30s um, from some Swedish family. And uh, the original, or sorry, the current Marquis de Sade, Hugh Jackass, yeah. um, bought it from a family in Berlin in 2011 for 7 million euros. I'm surprised that he had to buy it and didn't try to like pull some kind of, like, that's my ancestry's shit. It's mine. Yeah. I mean, I guess because also, you can't prove it's the original, but I don't know. I'm glad that he had to pay 7 million euros for that. Yeah, because fuck him. Which is, I mean, I'm pretty sure a euro is more than a dollar. I think it is. Yeah, I think it's so, like a, yeah. a buck twenty or buck thirty of yeah. U.S. dollars. So, <laughs> oh my god, that's so much money for a stupid piece of shit. Because a hundred days of solitude, or sorry, a hundred and twenty days of Sodom is what it's called. Oh, I think I fucked that up. That's all right. It's a hundred and twenty days of Sodom. So like Sodom, like Sodom and Gomorrah. Sure. Oh my god. So it's four guys <laughs> who are just gross. They are physically described over several chapters about how they are physically gross. He describes how they have flabby asses and small dicks. Okay. They buy a property in the mountains that's very far away from people. They hire, uh, I believe it's four full-grown men who are called motherfuckers. These are men who are in very good shape and have cartoonishly huge dicks. He actually describes them in width and length. And if I remember, they range about nine and a half wide in circumference and 13 inches long. That's that's cartoonish? For me. <laughs> well, because oh. I average 14. Oh, no, I'm a two. Oh. I have a small dick. I have a podcast to make up for it. <laughs> this, this is better. This is better. Yeah, this, this is, better. is better than having a nice dick. <laughs> so the four motherfuckers are brought up there. There are also four old hookers uh, who are disgusting and equally described as just gross. One of them is described as having an asshole that's been used so often she doesn't have feeling like she can't tell the difference between a fart and shit. Oh. Because her asshole's so stressed out. Why? What is wrong with this guy? Then they also take six uh, underage boys and six underage girls. Um... And the 120 days is a winter, similar to the winter that he experienced with uh, his servants. Sure. And they torture him all winter long while the bulls, uh, he calls them bulls and motherfuckers. It's the virile men. Right. Uh, fuck the original four old men or the children and or the old whores. And the old whores tell stories about uh, just the most insane things you can think about. And the bulk of the book is called The Four Pleasures. It's one old whore, as described in the book, talking about what the the greatest pleasures of all time are, and they increase in insanity. Oh, my God. So I'm going to end the episode here. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to end it with, with some quotes that... This is from a, a free YouTube channel, so I don't think we're going to piss anybody off. But this is a um, an audiobook of 
120 days of, uh, of Sodom. Now, I haven't selected the time, Prince, because this book is insane enough. I don't it doesn't, have matter. It. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So let's just start. So just gonna listen to a couple. Just, let's go early. Vanish. Ah, that's it. You're doing well, and you'll soon see the result of your efforts. Now, pressing himself against my chest, he placed his hand so adroitly and wriggled his fingers with such high art that the pleasures of orgasm rose at last to grip me. My head reeling, I abandoned his prick and wallowed in the marvellous sensations which filled every cell of my body. Father Stephen waited until the feeling had ebbed. Then he reminded me that my work was unfinished. Guiding my hand with his, he obliged me to resume the labours which my ecstasy had caused me to interrupt. He very expressly oh. enjoined me to keep my mind... I should say, I remember this part. The narrator here is an underage girl uh, who's getting her first hand job from a priest. Mm. Mm. Okay. Strictly on the business... Let's skip. Ooh. The complex passions. During the month of December, the narrator's task falls upon Madame Champville, who describes the following 150 passions. Number one. A man fucks only girls aged three to seven and limits himself exclusively to the cunt. Two, a man binds a nine-year-old girl's arms and legs in such a manner that her body assumes the position of a crab. Then he ass-fucks her. Three, a man seeks to seduce a girl aged 13 and is refused. Then, holding a pistol to her heart, he rapes her. Four, a man... <laughs> Jesus Christ... These are rules you follow? <laughs> These are rules for uh, what the great passions are during the... Uh... 125. <laughs> oh my God. A man gets a girl so drunk that she passes out. She is then placed on a bed which is raised with pulleys. In the middle of the night, when she reaches out for the customary chamber pot, she tumbles out of bed and falls groping onto a mattress below. The man is waiting there and promptly fucks her. Uh... 126. Okay. The same man has a girl run naked through a garden, following her and threatening her with a large walking stick. <laughs> when finally she falls down with exhaustion, he leaps upon her and fucks her. 127. Jesus! We gotta get to the murderous passions. Oh my god. These aren't already murderous? The murderous passions. Oh my god. During the month of February, the narrator is Madame de Granges. She describes 150 murderous passions as follows. Number one. A man locks a beggar woman in a dungeon and leaves her to starve to death. He keeps a close watch on her and frigs himself while observing her torment. Frig means jerk off. Right. However, he does not experience orgasm until the moment of her death. Two. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. So, so uh, I imagine that just goes on and on. This goes on in forever. absurdity until uh, I think I forgot to mention the four original. Actually, they're referred to as heroes. They're referred to our as our heroes in the book. Right. The four heroes bring their daughters, and they all marry each other's daughters, and then fuck their own daughters and fuck each other's daughters. The book ends on the triumphant climax in which they murder their daughters in some exhaustive, uh, imagined violent orgy. Um, and this is often considered his his masterpiece um, for... <laughs> this is his ma I mean, none of it sounds... How do you pick a masterpiece out of all this shit? But Christ, 
So I didn't. I didn't, I do have a timestamp. I think somewhere of the clip. My one of my favorites is uh, one of the uh, one of the four heroes can only get off if uh, nobody touches his penis and and urine is involved. There's a very well described moment when he takes an underage girl, clasps his lips around her vagina, and she pees into his mouth for a long time. Uh, so when we're talking like about literary masterpieces like i mean this is this is up there man shakespeare yep and fucking shakespeare kurt vonnegut kurt vonnegut stephen king oh yeah i mean i mean moby dick brothers karamazov dickinson um, when you think of heartwarming not heartwarming clearly um life-affirming purposeful literature yeah um i mean i, I can't this think is right there better. with bradbury uh Ray Bradbury? Ray Bradbury, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've read a lot of Radbury. Brad, I did the See? same thing. Yeah. I've read a lot of, of Radbury, <laughs> and his piss play is good. It's just, it's not as good. It's not as detailed. Well, his, here's the thing. He has this, <laughs> this weird hang-up about everybody being consenting adults. Now, for me, <laughs> in my life, I would never hurt a child. But in literature... I feel a distinct need to have a child pee in the narrator's mouth. Right. Um, for me. For it to be art. For it to be art. True art. Anyway. What is art? So. This is. Oh. I do have to say there are legitimate uh, writers who took extreme inspiration from him because of his. Uh, well, I can see you get an inspiration from him because you're accessing a crazy part of being like, all right, I need to create a villain or I need to create some weird extreme scenario. Yeah. But not as like a philosophy or as a, 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 well, I don't know, man. I get like if you are looking into philosophy and looking at like, especially existentialism, because existentialism is essentially nihilism where you're like, what, what's the purpose of life? And if you're looking at the Marquis de Sade, he is the extreme of what not to do. I was going to say, I, as a nihilist, as a kind of self-proclaimed nihilist, yeah, yeah. that's, that's, a, it's that's a good too example much, of like, too much being like, Whoa! There are like if a, if we are all going to have a, a great society where we all agree that God doesn't exist and morality is inborn, mm. we need to look out for psychos. <laughs> That's what we need to take away yeah. from this, because very big names. I mean, Simone de Bouvier, Albert Camus, uh, Baudelaire, uh, Proust. They all fucking love this guy, and they're weird man. There are whole essays about how his sense of freedom of expression is important. And many of them actually think that his writing is intentionally satirical, mm. that he's, he's going to this extreme uh, because it's fun or because it's an expression of freedom. Um, with his biographical information, I disagree. I think these are legitimate fantasies he has as a psychopath. Yeah. But there are people who find his shit um, I mean, artistic and important, and that's why he's um, still I, a, the goddamn stupid-ass thing. I could even kind of step back and say, like, I could see how people could debate about this, and it can cause some sort of, like, actual conversation because you're talking about such an extreme and then pulling stuff together. However, I can't see anyone applying him having any real... Like intelligence on anything and no. be like, this is this is how we should live our lives, or this is some I great do. philosophy. Like, I would say, obviously, it, in, inadvertently, could cause an interesting conversation. That's about it. I, I agree. I think this episode is a good example of the fact that, if nothing else, he elicits conversation. Yeah. But I invite anyone who wants to take him seriously to actually read his uh, philosophical essays because they are idiotic. Yeah. He he is very much a very spoiled. 
uh, little man boy who raped people and children. Well, but even before that, he's intellectually not all that sharp. Like yeah. he starts with the premise that he is the smartest person. And that whatever he says here on out is intelligent. A good philosopher convinces you of something. He starts with the idea that he's already the smartest person. He's, right. he's educating you. So, And his points are all they are about how morality is a construct. Therefore, I should be able to kill your children. So when somebody says that, it's because they want to kill your children. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was about to say. There's, nothing, there's no subtlety there. So good on you if you took a college course on him or if somebody made you read this book for your thesis uh, – I, I sympathize. I went through it, and I kind of want to die. <laughs> there you go, Dabblers. Hopefully, have a good day. Please. Thanks for the recommendation. I know. <laughs> the multiple recommends. Yeah, actually, yeah. Keep sending recommendations that are fun. This is fun. Yeah. I would say I usually end the episode on a high level of, of absurdity. Yeah. Today, if you have children or loved ones, hold them tight. Don't let creepy weirdos near them and... Just, good God. Amen. Please let there be a God. <laughs> Please. Hey, thanks again for listening to one of our podcasts. Be sure to catch our next one that's coming out. Thank you. People time. People time. Hey, click on the next one and subscribe, bitch. <laughs>